is Chris Senzak, and uh, I'm, for the first time, other than having a guest in the studio, I've actually got a co-host here, uh, and I've mentioned this on the, the uh, blog for the five of you that read it, and uh, on Facebook, and we have a new co-host that will be helping me out with the show, so you don't have to listen to my drone all the time. Oh. This is uh, Aaron Camaro. Evening. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Good. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. The music you're hearing right now is brand new from one of our favorite bands around here, and they're called Snake Eyes 7. It's an awesome band, and they're on the roster of our friends high volume music that's right and this song's called can you hear me calling i know you can for more info on snake eyes seven it's available in today's show notes or over at highvolmusic.com that's h-i-g-h-v-o-l music.com ah here we are man happy anniversary honey oh that's so sweet how long has it been Five years. Five years of the Decibel Geek podcast. Never late. Always on time. Never misses a week in five years, these guys. These guys, they don't take a week off in five years. That's dedication. In theory, yeah. Some kind of miracle. (laughs) Until they did that five-year anniversary celebration that time. Then they, they kind of messed things up. Something to do with leap year, I think. We'll go with that. Okay. There's a awesome. good excuse, but we, there's no need to belabor it with details. But we, <laughs> Something uh, to do with leap year, I think. I don't know, maybe we were cursed by a, a certain inter-VVU that uh, we did. Recently. I think so. I That's think what so. somebody brought up. <laughs> so when I said we were going to be late. They're like, yeah, you mess with him and this is what happens. Bad juju. Yep. But here we are anyway, five years and running. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, in case you didn't know. And here's the man everybody knows. It's Chris Sinzak. Howdy. Five I should say, like woo. you said the first time you're on, evening. That's right. Yes, that was a long time ago, man. It's funny. It's funny to think back on some of this stuff, but it's pretty cool. We're going to have yep. some fun today. A little trip down memory lane. And as of the date of this recording, which is the 16th, April 18th is the official five-year anniversary. Um, but as of the 16th, I, on my, you know how Facebook does that memories thing where it yeah. pulls up old posts? Five years ago today, I, I put up a post that says... Um, Mixing and finalizing episode introduction and episode one. It's almost happening or something like that. Right on. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I was doing five years ago today. So it's uh, it's been a long ride. And um, some of you, a lot of, there's a good number of you that, are, that aren't even familiar with how all of this started or, you know, that it goes back this far. You know, you, some of you are brand new to the show. Like we talked to somebody recently that has been listening to us for like two weeks yeah so we know other people that have just caught on like recently and been binge listening and all this good stuff it's very cool we're glad to have everybody yeah we've had people with us since pretty much day one that's true and we've had people just come on for the first time last week yeah and before we get into the backstory of how the show started we do have a little bit of business we got to take care of heck yeah because one thing i always love around here at the decibel geek podcast and 
It's iTunes reviews. And we got a great one this week. Five stars the way we love it. And it's called Addicted to the Decibel Geeks. And it goes like this. I've spent the past three months listening to the entire catalog produced by Chris and Aaron. Every morning before I work, I listen to this podcast and it fires me up for the day ahead. These are the guys you want to drink a beer with and talk about hard rock music nonstop. Their in-depth interviews and top five lists are truly a delight to listen to. If you're into classic hard rock, you need to check these guys out. You won't be disappointed. And that comes to us from Movie Guy 1147 on iTunes. Fantastic. That's five awesome. stars. Shabam. Three months and has listened to the entire catalog. That's amazing. That's wow. That's freaking awesome. See, that's what I'm talking about. I right appreciate there. it, Movie Guy, but I'm not going to put any lotion in any basket because you're scaring <laughs> me. <laughs> I love it, man. Very cool. That is cool. And some of our other favorite people this week are the Geeks of the Week. And if you're new to the show, Geeks of the Week, is it's easy to become a Geek of the Week. You just share on Facebook or retweet on Twitter the link that I post on social media for the previous week's episode. So if you like this five-year celebration, share it or retweet it, and I'll say your name next week. Heck yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's so easy, but yet there's so much honor and prestige involved in being a Geek of the Week. Yes, lots of honor and prestige and all that other good stuff. There's still the the Monopoly money still coming though, oh, right? Oh yeah, that's something from back <laughs> in the day. Used to we used to say we'll send you your Monopoly money all the money. time. Yeah, Monopoly yeah. money. And then we ran little, out of Monopoly money years ago. I had that one guy that didn't get it was a joke, and he just kept bugging me for Monopoly money. I'm like, I'm not giving you Monopoly money. It's a figure of speech. Um, all right, this week's geeks of the week are Dan Chaput, Derek Leba, Ian Wildy from Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Matt Ashcraft, Talk To Me Podcast, Brad Schick, Rich Dillon, Kevin Williams, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Derek Novak, Kenneth Roy, Cal Hens, Mark Alden, Taylor, Chad Pollock, Joe Royland, Sit and Spend with Joe, Baco, Mikhail Burrell, Andrew Jacobs, Rock and Ron Runyon, Wayne Cross, Adam, Adam Cox, Andy Parker, Aaron Taylor, Aaron Baker. He's launching a new podcast. Congrats. Oh, really? Yes. That's awesome. Classic Rock's House of Hair, Trevor McDougal, Greg McGlone, Justin A. Six, James Brennan Dunn, Cool World, Andrew Kiss from Podcast Rock City, cool. Ernesto Aguiar, Billy Hardcore, The Mooger Fugger, The Killer Dwarf shared it. Hell yeah. And The Elitist. Oh, nice. Yes. Does that mean we're the elite podcasting right now? We're, no. we're the elite in yes. podcasting. If The Elitist is sharing it, then that says something, right? Totally does. I'll take it. I That's like right. it. Those are our friends right there. Some of these people have been with us, like I said, since pretty much day one, you know, our Geeks of the Week. People have been loyal and and supportive more than anything to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We love each and every one of you very, very much. All it takes is to, to get out there and share it, retweet it, and you will have our undying love. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to earn Chris and I's undying love. Sexual favors help, too, but... And iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews are good, too. T-shirt sales. T-shirts, VIPs. VIPs, yeah. going to the band's Facebook pages mm -hmm. that we play and liking them and telling them they heard, that you heard it on the Decibel Geek podcast. Amazon purchases we'll through our link. You know, it's, we're so easy to please. As Axl Rose said, it's so fucking it's easy. so fucking easy. Yeah. Okay, so... Where um, do we begin with all this? Let's begin at the beginning. Okay, that's the perfect place to Back begin. Back in... Uh, before I was even born. <laughs> well, let's not go back that far. <laughs> uh, back in 2011, I put out a Craigslist ad. Well, I guess we should start really at the beginning. This show is all responsible right. for starting amazingly because 
I was writing a book about Vinnie Vincent. That's Can true. Can you believe it? Can you yeah, believe that that's all where subjects. the Decibel Geek comes from? Is that amazing or what? Hard to believe it would be related a Vinnie to Vinnie Vincent. Vincent book. That's where this was all born from. That's the seed. That's so, insane to me. Speaking of which, I posted... But it makes perfect sense. I posted that artwork of the, the five-year artwork up on the fan page. And yeah. I've had some nice comments come in. And the guys from Cobra and Fire, uh, Cobras and Fire podcast said uh, something like, Congrats on five great years and 93% episodes that mention Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> You're wrong. It's 97%. That's but Thank right. you anyway. That's what we do. But no, it was a book that I was writing about Vinnie Vincent. And of course, I was doing it all on a computer. And um, like a moron, I didn't back up my stuff. And my computer crashed. And I lost over 100 pages of stuff. I, I was over 100 pages in. That's heartbreak. And had a lot of really good material, too. Um, some stuff that nobody to this day knows about. Um which I'll get sued if I bring it up. That's why you are the, the leading professor on Vinnie Vincent in the country. Yes. Emeritus. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it uh, it crashed and I lost all the stuff on hard drive, but I had this really cool at the time uh, Olympus digital recorder. And it had like a connector piece that you'd run through the earpiece in your phone and it would record your phone calls. So it was like the original Skype. Yeah, it was like, I think, although I think Skype was around then, but I didn't. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So. I was like, this records phone this calls? Awesome. So I was using what I had on that Olympus recorder to transcribe interviews I had done for the book. And some of those interviews include Rick Fox and the now late Ed Roman from Ed Roman Guitars. Who And I only used a piece of his story on the Vinnie Vincent special um, for time. But yeah, his dealings with Vinnie were not great either. But uh, anyway, I had those interviews on audio. So around this time, I started a new office job and got into podcasting because I bought an iPod. And yeah, I was listening to music, but I stumbled on the podcast thing. And I'm like, what is, what's a podcast? Mm-hmm. And the first couple I listened to were a show called The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick, which yeah. uh, you know he was used to host Singled Out. I was a big fan of that show on MTV. Yeah, and from The Talking Dead. And well, now he's, he's yeah. a big star now, yeah, but he was kind of a nobody when Nerdist started out. It, like he had, His career had kind of failed. Hmm. And Adam Carolla. So there is a future in podcasting. Yeah. That's great. It's great <laughs> to know. But his show was good. And then um, Mark Marin with WTF. Yeah. Um, and like they were these long form interview shows. And I was like, well, this is no different than what I recorded for the Vinny book. Right. I was like, I can do this. Nice. And I got addicted to podcasting. I'm like, I think I can do this. You know, like I got a background in music and I still had contacts from my website days. And yeah. I did a few national interviews with people on the website. I did Living Colors, Corey Glover and uh, Michael Wilton from Queensryche and a few others. And so I was like, I can do that. And uh, convinced my wife that I'm going to buy about $500 worth of gear. For and- a pod for a podcast and she's like what the hell is a podcast Podcast? i've never heard what is no one knew what the hell a podcast was you know (laughs) it's kind of new and that was and even then it was five year five or six years into podcasting but it was still kind of it was just starting to bubble up damn it chris can't you just tell me what you really need the money for yeah podcast podcasting (laughs) but my wife figured it was lesser two evils because i stopped playing in bands around that time too yeah and she's like well so this means you'll still do something creative but you won't have to leave the house as much and i was like yeah yeah just me and all 500 dollars of this equipment right over here in the corner right don't talk to me for an hour yeah pretty much that's how i kind of did it to her and, and she was like yeah i can handle that that's she cool. was. She didn't like me doing the band thing much anymore because I was gone all the time. I was doing band right. practice two, three times a week and fighting off the groupies. Oh yeah. Um, 
But no, I did that, and then I got the gear, and then I, you know, launched the podcast, and um, the Vinny stuff was initially going to be the original idea, but then I was like, maybe I should do a few episodes before I do the Vinny stuff so I can get a feel for what I'm doing. Around that time, I had connected with Mitch LaFon on Facebook, and he was just doing writing for Brave Words at the time, and uh, he didn't even know what a podcast was. Yeah. But we, me and him would go back and forth on Messenger for hours about KISS. And we had a lot of the same opinions about it. And he mentioned, you know, I interviewed Gene when I was like nine years old. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's and, awesome. and the more he told me about, you know, people he had talked to and his experiences, I was like, this guy's perfect to start the show with. He should start his own pod. <laughs> yeah. I would be a guest on his if he'd have me. But no, he, uh, I agree. I talked to him and he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know what a podcast is, but we'll do it. He's like, is it like a phone call? I was like, yeah, it's a phone call. So I get him on, and I still, I'll never forget. I don't know why this sticks in my head because I remember I get him on the phone and uh, we start recording. And he's like, So what is this? And I'm like, It's a podcast. It's kind of like a long form just interview thing. And I said, You're going to be my guinea pig. You're my first guest. And he was like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget that. I can still hear it in my head when I think about it. Yeah, and, welcome to the deep yeah, end, Mitch. Yeah. You're and I was, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So welcome to the show. And uh, if, you, awesome. if you listen to those early episodes, I really didn't know what I was doing. The sound quality sucks. And, uh, I sound like I'm. I sound like a little scared kid because I'm an introvert by nature. Yeah. Like if you meet me and I don't know you, it takes me out. I just started a new job and I've talked to maybe three people in two <laughs> weeks. The way I am at first when I meet people, I don't talk much. He works just, at the McDonald's drive-through. He's not doing so good. Yeah, I make fifteen dollars an hour. Fuck you. But no. Um, <laughs> But no, I don't work at McDonald's. But I, uh, but I'm just, I'm an introvert by nature, and which makes it really even dumber. Why I wanted to start a show yeah. where I talk on a microphone, it worked out okay, I think. It's one of them things like you're, I'm facing my fear by starting a that podcast, is, Mitch. Come on, you got to help well, me. Well, I mean, part of it was kind of wanting to throw myself in the deep end because yeah. I, I've always hated how introverted I am, and I always wanted to break out of my shell. That's awesome. And this man. show has really helped me with that. But yeah, it sure has. But in the early episodes, I sound like a fucking idiot. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and. You needed a friend. I did. And like so I, the one with Mitch goes good. And it, it did okay. And then it got a little bit of listens, but mostly through people he knew. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe a couple of my family members, but that was about it. And then I did, uh, then I had some rotating people come in. But anyway, so after a few episodes and I did those and had Rick Fox on was the first interview I, I did after the Vinny specials. The Vinny specials were old material I had. Right. Yeah. But those did well, like. And I realized right off the bat, you put out something on Vinny Vincent, people will listen. It's a winner. Because he's a recluse. Sure, and people love him, and he's mysterious. He's mysterious. People want to know. So if you put Vinny Vincent special, and you want to get downloads, do that, and you'll get downloads. But it was funny, because I got, if you look at the stats, you see nothing, hard, two, three, four, five, and then 1,500, and then three four six seven. really yeah, yeah it was yeah the, the 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 needle went way up and way back down again because i stopped talking about vinnie vincent ah. um but then I, I decided i was like this is fun but it, it'd be a lot more fun to have a regular and i wasn't even looking for a host at the time actually mm. i wanted people to jump on board that wanted to help maybe with production or booking people or so but i was like i need some i, I just want more people that believe in this because it's fun right 
And then Aaron, I put an ad out on Craigslist, <laughs> and Aaron responds to it. Podcaster with flashing balls. Yeah. And I was like, that's totally me, <laughs> except what the hell is a podcast? But I mentioned in the ad, I mentioned Vinny Vincent, Slaughter, yeah. Kiss. I mentioned all the bands. Well, I think that, that got thing. your attention. Well, yeah, totally, because I'm on the Craigslist. I'm looking for a real job. I'd been working at a place, and I'd recently gotten laid off. And so I was looking for a real job, and I'm, I got to look in the gigs, you know, because I got radio background and stuff. There's always something in your entertainment to make money in in nashville mm -hmm. and i come across this and it's like this is a list of all my favorite bands you know? and it's like <laughs> this sounds like like an internet radio show i think I that's think, how i advertised you know? it was an internet radio show yeah because i knew people would be like what the fuck is a podcast right yeah i totally would have been and then so i was like huh well that sounds like I could do that, you know. That sounds like the radio show I wanted to do. And the weirdest irony is Aaron lived 10 minutes away from me. Totally. It yeah. was honest. I I do believe in fate. I'm one of those people. I, maybe I'm goofy for feeling that way, but it honestly felt like fate. Yeah, because then I called the number, and Chris answers, and I talked to him for a minute, and we agreed to meet up. And at the time, Mark was there with us. My friend Mark Bullard. Yeah, yeah. Mark Bullard. He was the producer. He was producer Mark. Mm -hmm. And... uh He's, he appears on an episode way back at the early days. So <laughs> he worked live his, from the fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah, and he was also involved before you came on board. We did some like local, local scene stuff. Yeah, and uh, which he did, was great at setting up equipment and designated driving me. Although <laughs> he wasn't really a designated driver because he was drinking every bit as much as me. He was just better at driving drunk than I was. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a responsible man now. He, yeah, he's got a family and everything. Yeah. I gotta, I, I'm going to send this to him. I'm going to be like, hey, we got to hang out listen to this. Yeah, for sure. So then I go over, I end up going over to Chris's and there's Chris and Mark and I meet those guys and, you know, I'm in full Aaron Camaro mode, you know, because I'm thinking probably not the only one trying to get this job you know and i don't know if it pays or what the deal I is i had a couple of people that, yeah. did, that did respond no one that came over but they were more people that were into i want to write for you or i want to do a writing gig or mm. can i get into concerts with this and at the time i was like no <laughs> we're, we're nobodies you know right. I'm, I'm like i haven't there's nothing there's no there is no audience yet and like and i phrased it that way even to you right you're yeah. starting at ground zero and after I was like, my question was, is does this pay anything? And I laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> laughed and I'm laughed. still laughing. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but it was such a cool concept. And I was like, you know, well, so yeah. we can play what we want to play, you know. And, like, we talked about the music we liked. And I knew it would mesh up like that. And I had radio background in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a radio DJ for a good many years. And so this, I was like, man, yeah, you know, I don't care if it doesn't pay anything. Like I say, you're 10, mm -hmm. 15 minutes up the road. My yeah, wife it was would be crazy. about this. I mean, she's been trying to get me to stop doing wrestling shows for a long time. Yeah, now. and Aaron was Aaron was emceeing wrestling wrestling gigs like pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And it was a big part of his life. I'm pretty well retired from that now. You yeah, know? at the time, it Decibel was most of his schedule. Yeah. yeah, you only do it once Just in a while Just making sure now. that we're never, ever, ever late on an episode oh. and we never miss a week. It means so much to me that I had to give it all up. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't mark a wrestling show last week, though. Well, I got a show coming up this next week <laughs> okay. I want to tell you about, but we'll wait till commercial oh, okay. break for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Aaron used to advertise <laughs> advertise the, the wrestling shows on the podcast, yeah. which if you listen to the early episodes, you'll hear that. Like, hey, man, we ain't got no commercials, you know, and I'm actually getting paid by this show. Yeah, you know, so. and I couldn't argue with that. So well, let, you want to go through kind of a little 
history here. With sure. uh, we'll talk about some notable episodes. Let's and we'll, take a stroll, and we'll play some uh, clips for you guys throughout of some of these people. Very cool. So some you will hear, and some you won't. Of course, I said Mitch was episode one, and that's um, you know that's pretty cool. Episode one: Chris Sinzak and Mitch Lafon, two podcasting icons. Five years later, you two both are doing pretty damn good for yourselves. Except for the uh, alcohol abuse. I can't speak for Mitch on that, but just Chris tipping beers over. (laughs) I'm not supposed to tip it into my mouth. It's a celebration, man. Tip it into your mouth. I am. Uh, Harpoon IPA, for those that are wondering. Mm. And Aaron's drinking some frou-frou beer called Bush Light. But no, yeah, that was me and Mitch's first podcast appearance both at the same time, which is kind of cool. That's historic right there. And, uh, I Rock and, I, and historic. If you, uh, of course, you, if you're listening, you know Mitch has a show called One-on-One with Mitch LaFont, and we wholeheartedly support Mitch because... He gets, gets he all, interviews he gets with everyone. All the, all the guests that we would never ever have the time to talk to. He gets everyone. And all the people that wouldn't even bother to talk to us, he gets them all. He knows everybody. I'm convinced that he knows every person in the music industry. Um That's funny how Vinnie Vincent has become the great white whale for everybody. <laughs> he hasn't gotten him yet. We kinda did. Um, oh yeah. We were totally yeah. first, Mitch. If you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. Um so yeah, so episode two, what did I do for the encore? I had uh, a guy on named Dylan Kinney from the Nashville Comedy Theater. So you would think Dylan, and he ran the Nashville Comedy Theater, you would think Dylan would be a wealth of uh, comedic talent. He's a comedian, right? Well, he runs the comedy theater. He's the king of the comedy. And like I should say, when when I started this show, it was going to be more of a comedy show with a rock and roll bent. So Uh. it was going to be rock and roll comedy. But um, no, Dylan came on and uh, he was a nice guy. But I learned really quickly that improv wasn't his thing, huh. which is funny considering he ran an improv That's his theater. Job, yeah. Um, but yeah, as you'll hear in the clip here, and uh, his taste wasn't that great either. First off, what do you think of Van Halen, and do you like David Lee Roth or the Sammy Hagar era? Oh, I guess I'll go with Sammy. So he's like a reverse comedian, right? Kind of, yeah. Okay, I got you. And it, the the weird irony of that—that this... that Sammy Hagar joke is hilarious. Yeah. Well, the fact that he picked Sammy over Dave is pretty funny. That's what I'm saying. But um, the funny thing is is that uh, our friends Corey and Dave, who at the time were hosting the PWA show. Yeah, went on Podcasters to, with Attitude. Went, went on to host a show called It's a Man's World, and now they have changed it up, and now they host a show called Loud and Obnoxious. Oh, awesome. They're That's like cool. The, I didn't even know that. They're like the rebranding kings Damn. of podcasting. They're so cool. They don't even talk to me anymore. But they were kind of our peers at the time. and Yeah, and, we were the two hottest podcasts coming out of Nashville. That's right. And we and we were, you know, we considered them friends of ours, and uh-huh. uh, and <laughs> they were doing an episode, you know, kind of a retrospective thing too. Going, what's the what's the worst guest we ever had on PWA show? <laughs> and they both at the same time said Dylan Kenny. Wow. And it was because he then like, oh my god, this guy ran a comedy theater and is known as a comedian. And he wasn't funny at all. <laughs> and I, I was at my desk at my day job, and I was laughing so hard that like people were walking by my desk going, "What is? What are you listening to?" And I was just like, "You have to." You, it's a story that if you understood, you'd be laughing too. Wow. Because I was like, "That's exactly our experience." That's so funny. Dylan maybe, was a maybe that's his art. His comedy, being a shitty podcast. His comedy guest. is to go on podcasts and ruin them and ruin them, <laughs> and then he goes back and listens to it later. 
and it's funny as hell. It's a real uh, snapshot because it was kind of try. This episode was trying to do like topical news items, yeah, and entertainment, and like that was not 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 great. So I do a few episodes with some rotating hosts. One of them, Chris Higgins, a good friend who was the drummer Piranha at the time. Um, then the Vinnie Vincent specials, part one and two, come out for episode five, one and five two. That's why the numbering's a little weird. Yeah, because I was doing that. Oh yeah, at the time I should have just had it be five and six. There's anomalies everywhere. Yeah, because we, even when we do our 300th episode one, which is you know down the road, it'll be probably end up being like 308 or something. Aaron comes on board in episode seven, which you heard at the very top of the show, and that was Geek Wire with Mitch Lathan. But Aaron was on board for the intro for that show. Right. Yeah, because that was already recorded already before recorded I came it. in, and it was slotted to be next. So but I, I was just... excited to get Aaron involved. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's come on got, to do the intro. That's with where me. I got that awesome introduction from. You know, I'd done wrestling for a while. I did some awesome introductions for other people, but never have I been introduced like that. Oh, geez. That was amazing. Well, we learned really fast that the intro guy needs to be Aaron and not me. Because <laughs> instead of me going, hey, everybody, welcome to Decibel Geek, you get Aaron doing, uh-huh. you know, what you hear every week, and it sounds much better. People turn it off after 30 seconds instead of after three. Oh, good. Right. Because once I come in, then they turn. No. But, um, yeah, so. That is not the case, man. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. You and I got something special here. We really do. I hope so. Always have. And then, um, so then we started running with it. We did a few of these like Nashville local shows, which those were also pre-recorded too. Yeah. Um, I had done some stuff because I was still kind of connected to the local scene from when I played in bands and covered those right. bands. And I didn't want to really do that. Well, it was, and I wanted, I, I wanted to go balls to the wall, you know, try to get the biggest stars we could. You know, we got to get guys like Russ Dwarf to come on the show. Yeah, and it didn't take a lot of convincing me because I was getting really pissed off at the local scene begging me and begging me and begging me to do episodes on the local scene, and then thirty of them listening to it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is bullshit. If y'all aren't going to listen, then I'm not doing no, it. No, they just want the thrill of being <clears throat> interviewed. The people we talk to aren't in it to be interviewed. They're doing us a huge favor by talking to us and sharing their awesome stories. But yeah, Rust Dwarf was our first interview together. and um, That was awesome. That's another thing. We have, to thank, we have to thank Mitch for that. He, he set it up because Mitch is good friends with Russ. That was a crazy introduction to starting to do an interviews like that. Because even in my days in radio, I might have got to talk to somebody once in a while for a couple of minutes here and there. But I never got to do it like podcasting style where you get to sit down and do it long form like that and really have to ask a lot of questions and really have to keep the conversation going, which, you know, turned out we were pretty good at that because all it ever was was turn on the microphones and start shooting the breeze, you know? I mean, you always got points that you'd like to bring up. We prepare, but we also have learned, we learned real quick to let your interview subject lead you. Yeah. You know, if they if they steer it one direction, don't pull them off that direction and go back to your list. Unless they keep trying to talk about Bon Jovi when all you want to talk mm. about is Kiss. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> it's still an honor to talk Sometimes to the man. Sometimes we can't help ourselves. Still an honor to talk to the man. Yeah, um, no, totally. So then we uh, we did Ru- we had Russ on, and um, the week after that was the first Radio Sucks radio show, and that was Aaron's brainchild. Yeah. He's like, let's just play some fucking songs. Yeah, and play like, the kind of music and radio sucks, so let's call it this. Play the kind of music <laughs> that I used to get in trouble for playing when I actually worked on radio, the kind of stuff that they'd never, ever let me play. Yep. That's what I want to do. That's the DJ I always wanted to be. Radio sucks because they don't do that. But we could do a radio show that just shows just how bad they do suck. Well, I think that was part of what made the show interesting was there was a lot of push-pull with me and Aaron at first. Because 
I had ideas and he had ideas and we learned to kind of find a happy medium Yeah, where it'd be, you want to do this really bad. So I'll, I'll let, well, let's see how it goes and, and vice versa. We would kind of say, well, if, if you feel that strongly about it, let's try it. And sometimes it's worked out bad and sometimes it's worked out great, you know, but it's, and you guys have been there for the whole thing. So it's, it's interesting to kind of, I think we've grown a lot as a show. Oh, totally. I mean, because just, of that, just look at the quality, the sound quality oh, as God. it goes along. As you'll you know? hear, as you're hearing in these clips, you know, the sound wasn't the best at first. No, but we were doing the best we could. When I figured out to turn the microphone around and talking to the right side of it. Yeah. Then I was on a roll. Yeah. That's a true story. Make sure to push the button on the Zoom twice. Oh, God. <laughs> you want to talk about that now? Let's, well, this is five-year anniversary. I think uh, we, we've gotten over being upset about this oh, for man. long enough. This is one of the biggest heartbreaks I ever had in my life. I don't think we've life. ever mentioned this on the regular no, show. No, I think we've hinted, we've hinted at it before, though, I'm sure. Jim Florentine, who a lot of you will know, he's a stand-up comedian, but also most of you will know him from that metal show. Yeah. Came to Nashville to do a show at Zany's. And, so funny. And I'm a massive fan of Jim Florentine and his pot. He's got a great podcast. Yeah. It's basically him sitting in front of a recorder and just bitching for an hour. And it's the greatest thing in the world. I like him a lot. <laughs> and uh, he was coming here and he seemed so open on his show that I was like, fuck it. I'm going to email him and see if he'll do a show, do an episode with us. Yeah. And he got right back to me. He was like, yeah, sure. Come backstage and, and do it with me. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, sure. We had just gotten that Zoom. I was so excited. And we got down to Zany's, and and he couldn't have been nicer. And we sat, and we had a great talk for, like, over an hour, oh, too. Oh, man, he was so cool. His stories were so funny. We were we were cracking him up once in a while. It you was, know, I was proud of us for being so great. We, you know, we were, yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. Probably one of my favorite interviews we ever did. And we stayed for his set, and he had a great oh, stand-up so set. so funny, so good. That's the night we met uh, Mark Slaughter. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, of course, yeah. Ryan Cook from Ryan. The dog was there, and Michael Wagner was there, and Chad yeah. Lee was there. That was a big night it for us the because it opened a lot of doors. There. Yeah, and yeah, it was kind of like one. Of, it was us getting out and networking, and it was just a fun night all around. And then because we were kind of <laughs> rock stars that night, because we ran into people afterwards during the set and afterwards. Oh yeah, Robert Mason be, from Warrant was yeah, there. yeah, and they were like, that was you crazy. Know, yeah, we had a bunch of friends there with us. Luke Carl was there. Yep, and then they were like, yeah. we we're talking to the rock stars. They're like, oh, what are you guys doing? Hey. We interviewed Jim Florentine backstage before the show, and the rock nice stars to have were that. all like, wow, yeah, nice. that's cool, man. You guys are cool. What is that again? Yeah. Decibel Geek, huh? It was a great night. Yeah, it and was. And then a couple of days later, and this is how a lot of our shows work, if you don't know, we'll record the meat of the show one night, and then as we get close to release date, we want to keep the intro and the business part of it fresh, right. so we record that right before we release. Yeah, so that way we get all our geeks of the week and all yeah. that and everything, news, and, sponsors, uh, all that in line. Aaron shows up at my house, and he is so downtrodden, and he's like... I have to tell it was you something. The worst thing. You and thought I don't know I was how to tell quit. you. And I thought he was going to quit the you show. Thought I was quitting the and show. I was, and I, so I was like, oh my God, the show's about to be fucked. I opened up the <laughs> Zoom and stuck the memory card into the computer and I was like, all right, I can't wait to listen to it. And there it isn't. And it was what there. the hell? And then I was like, how can this be? And I was, <laughs> no. And I, it just washed over me that there was a fact. It didn't record, it's gone. And I was like, fuck. Chris is going to fire me. Yeah, I'm going to fire you from the job that you're not actually employed by and as a volunteer thing. <laughs> it doesn't pay. He's going to fire me in front of everybody on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get gonna, you on mic. He's going to make an How's example going, of man? me. You're fired. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was heartbroken because it was so good and it was so much He's, fun. Yeah, he goes. Jim Florentine was so fucking cool, Aaron man. Goes, Aaron, and so Aaron's building this up like, 
he's about to quit the show on me. I wanted to tell him face to face. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and I'm freaking, I was I was destroyed. He inside. was so upset, and and I'm freaking out inside, going, "What the fuck is he about to tell me?" And he goes, "It's gone, man." I'm like, "What's gone?" And he goes, "The, inter- the, the interview with Jim. It's gone. It, it didn't record." And I'm like, thinking, "Well, God, he's not quitting the show." I'm like. Well, that's all right. We'll we'll move on. It's okay. Shit it's happens. It's not okay. Yeah, and he's like, no, it's not. It's a big deal, man. And I'm just thinking, I'm just glad you're not quitting the show. Yeah, man. yeah. But we haven't. That's happened. That's not happened since with the Zoom. What are you talking about? Wait, has it happened since? With <laughs> yes, the Zoom? it has. We had an interview with Luke Carl that completely oh, got. Yeah, we that's botched totally that one right. too. It did happen with Luke Carl? We went to his house and hung out and had a great talk. And it fucking. That's why. How the, long ago was that? We were talking about needing an engineer back then. Somebody just to make sure the. Push twice. Just make sure that we're recording right now, and I'm not kidding. Hey, yeah, let me check real quick. Because we had an issue recording this episode, mm. but uh, yeah, I want to make sure before uh, this is this is we're with friends tonight, so we can kind of check check one two check one two <laughs> check one two. Yes, it's still showing. But uh, no, we yeah we went out to Luke's house and had a great talk, and it didn't record either. And Luke was totally cool about it. No oh, problem. Totally we'll cool. do it again. Yeah. And Jim Florzine was too. He goes just next time I come into town, we'll do it again. We're and still to- waiting. And Toby Wright. Oh, that's on me. Yeah, we had told. And right. my friend that actually records as an engineer for a living, who set it up at his home studio, and he botched it. It was a beautiful studio. We got I, six I minutes got recorded, see, and it see, stopped. This was because I called down a curse. Yeah, that was the Eric. You're over there. Curse. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to Toby Wright, and I can't go. I forget what it was, but whatever it was, it yeah, was something important. Kept you I couldn't doing go. It. And then everything like technically got botched. Well, we and had I, a and, and we, you had to come tell me, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, we had a good talk, and it was about an hour and a half, in this really nice home studio that my friend Deu has, and we get done, and Toby goes, looks over, and he goes, "Is that recording?" And I look, and I'm like, "No, it's not." And then I'm like, "Deu, get up here!" And he looks up, and he's like. There's only six minutes of material in here, and we listen back, and it's like six minutes of us oh, talking, no. and then it stops for no reason. And uh, ran out of acetate. And I messaged, <laughs> and, then, and I like telling this story because I thought we we were screwed on that because I messaged Toby on Facebook, and Toby Wright is the real deal. Oh, dude, the know? guy's resume speaks volumes, right. and I was like, he's never going to talk to us again, and because uh, I felt lucky to Amateurs. get him the first time. Yeah. And uh, I was very apologetic message. I'm so sorry. We had a technical issue, and if if, if there's in, in the day that we that it botched, he was like, yeah, I'll come back. But I was just like, he's not going to come back. He's just being nice. And uh, he ignored my message. And I was like, oh, fuck, we fucking lost him. And I felt so shitty. But I was yeah. like, I can't blame him. He drove all the way out right. to this house and didn't know anything. And then nobody offered to catch him a buzz. Well, he, nothing. I mean, he ignored my message and this is like a month goes by. And I even remember having a conversation with you going, I think we definitely aren't getting Toby back. Yeah. Cause it was, and I was bummed. And, uh, I was listening to jar of flies one day on, on YouTube or whatever. And I was like, this is damn good. And then I just posted it just out of my own appreciation for it yeah. on Facebook. And he liked the link. And so and you like, quick fired. And, and I sent a message. I'm like, Hey, thanks for liking the link. You did amazing work on that album. Um, please, please, please. Well, and I was just like, I was just like, I never heard back from you on the interview, so I understand that you don't want to come back on. It's okay. And then he responds back right away. He goes, I thought I did answer you. I'm happy to do it again. Oh, nice. And he came back on, but did, I've never breathed you, a bigger sigh of relief. You shamed him on to coming to the desk. Maybe I did. Podcast. Well, he came back on. He came back on more than that. Yeah, he did. But oh, man, uh, and I love Toby. We'll, and we'll get to that. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, we blew it with him too. I mean, so if you're 
if you're new to podcasting and you're a podcaster, yep. we've all been there. It happens Don't to be, all of us. Totally. You listen to some of the biggest podcasts out there, and they'll tell you the same stories. It's all hit and miss when you're experimenting with something. It really is. That's the beauty of it, though, you know, because anybody can put together a podcast. Sure. It's truly true. That's why it's there's very so DIY many thing. of them out there, you know, on different various subjects, because there's millions of different you subjects can get on out anything. there. Yeah, so it's great. You know, if you want to do it, you got to take it seriously. Get the right equipment, you know, or at least build your way up to it. Sell a couple of t-shirts, buy a little bit better equipment, and you're on your way. Just try to move forward. Just always try to move forward. And if you do do accept donations and things like that, put it right back into the show. That's my advice to you. And, and, you know, as we mentioned, you know, things will go wrong from time to time. You know, and speaking of people that have changed their schedules around and changed plans and all that, I got to say, here's to our wives, man. Yeah. Without them, we wouldn't even be able to do this show, you know, because we wouldn't get a show every week. We're family men, of course, and we're working men. And so we've got a lot of responsibilities in our lives, but we're never, ever late with an episode, ever. But you're really going to keep be- you're going to keep trotting that one out. But that's right? because of our wives. It's because of our wives. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Our wives have, uh, <laughs> are a big reason why the show still happens. Yeah. Totally. Totally um, is. They've they've changed plans. They've been patient. They've been beautiful. They've been graceful. They've been everything amazing that we could love about women. That's true. And thanks to them, we still get to do this show. Okay, girls. You you heard us say that. You can go now. <laughs> All right. Um, so as I mentioned, sometimes things go wrong, and uh, in episode 15, things really did. Yeah. Um, we did an episode, in the, and it's titled "Do It Live" for it the live. for a reason, because uh, <laughs> that was the beginning of uh, 2000. That was at the beginning of 2012. That was the first episode, of 2012, January 5th. These were still experimental yeah, stages. We that what it is is I hated the. At the time, I was spending like eight hours editing the show. You listen to it now, you wouldn't know. But um, <laughs> that's just how long it took. I just didn't know what I was doing, and I was just like, "God, the fucking editing takes forever!" Like with all the sound effects and stuff yeah. I put in to try to make it sound funny. I was putting in so much stuff. Well, that's where I'd just show up, record the show, and be like, "All right, man, see you." Yeah, I know. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I was like, I was glad one of us enjoyed the whole process, but um. And so I was like, what if I loaded up all the sound effects and had them ready to play through Windows Media Player? And that was a great idea in theory, and well, they did funny. play. Yeah, well, it's funny because we would sit and we would actually play the songs, yeah. you know, and we'd sit in silence. Right, but the, on the Do It Live episode, um, it was great because it, it, they, they all did play through Windows Media Player. What I didn't know, though, was that they would play consecutively in Windows Media Player. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of the Decibel Geek Podcast. We are now in 2012, and that belch is a new sign that we are recording this it's show still live. It's me, damn it! There you go. Yeah, See, definitely recording it live because the mishaps are yeah, already we, beginning. We, we've got all of our sound effects going at the same time, so I'm just going to leave it. That's in. awesome, man. Yeah, so. That's where we were just trying to, like, if we could sit down and record a whole episode in one sitting, you know, and yeah. the episode's about an hour long, if we just really buckle down and, like, do everything and hit it on its cues and mm-hmm. all that, no. That's not how podcasting works. I was trying to pull it off like a live show, and I was like, this is too stressful. Fuck this. <laughs> you can't keep the button straight. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to sacrifice quality for this. So, um, so you just got better at editing. Yeah, no kidding. And then, over time, um, over five years, man, 
you know, I respect it because I've even dabbled in editing over the years mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, yep. and I've got a project I'm working on right now that I'm I'm so wrapped up in I can't wait for it to come out next week. But that'll be a sweet surprise. It'll be nice. I get then, the week off. I'm editing one. I'm happy to hear that, <laughs> especially because all the clips I cut up for this one. Uh, episode uh, 19, we talked to Loretta Caravello. She was great. An Eric Carr special. That was so fun to talk to her, and she that was, was that was a big turning point for the show too because she she made us feel so comfortable mm-hmm. when we talked to her, and the conversation was so great and so natural, and it really was it, it enlightened me on how to interview for a podcast. I mean, she yep. was the perfect person to really show us how an interview is supposed to go on a podcast, long form very interesting throughout mm-hmm. she was amazing especially when she uh, gave us cool little kiss nerdy nuggets like this you know if i see uh handwritten notes it's handwritten just stuff my brother's stuff right but then you you read it like as the years have gone by and everything i see finds a place like like i saw lyrics written once and then i saw his song on brian adams album and i said oh let me see and i said that was the lyrics he he wrote the lyrics and you understand, like, everything, mm-hmm. like, I'll see things for the elder, <laughs> and then I'll read something, and then I'll say, oh, this was what this was. or And it, it's still going on 20 yeah. years later. I love that. Yeah, I'll never forget Such it. a nice woman. And then she was, and she was really into us. Like, she was, you know, impressed with our site and our show at the time. And, um, you know, she had just put out that uh unfinished business album yeah that was cool of eric demos and um eddie trunk was involved with that and she was like do you want to talk to eddie trunk and we're like well we're only 20 episodes in do Do you you think he would talk does he want to talk to us and and she got him for us and he did it and i think he did it more as a favor to her than to do it for us but uh that was the day we launched eddie trunk's podcasting career yeah pretty much and uh (laughs) we uh we talked about his favorite subject Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was he, nice of him to do the show because we an were expert. we were pretty much unknowns, and it was yeah. the easiest interview we had done ever. Yeah, totally. He was great. Love he, Eddie Trunk. He was what he was willing to just talk and talk and talk. And then on episode twenty three, we got Jan Kuhneman of Vixen. Yeah, and uh, that was fun too. Yeah, and I was in the Vixen back in the day, probably because I had posters of them, but um. But I like some of their tunes, too. Right. And uh, she came on, and you know she had started up a different version of Vixen at the time. And uh, so she was kind of struggling with it because the other girls were doing their version of it. Yeah. This was like the early days where you'd have more than one band with the same name. Right. And uh, so I think there was a bit of a crisis of identity going on. And... Um, but yeah, she uh, she needed a she needed a little bit of pepping up, and uh, <laughs> and Aaron was willing to provide that for her. You know, yeah, and, and maybe technically it's not the classic lineup that everybody expects, but hey, you know what? Go out there, produce this new album, and blow everything you've done before away. You know, come up <laughs> with the best album you can, and then who can question it? Right? I love that. Yes. 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 <laughs> right it. on. Yes, exactly. Gosh darn it. You didn't, know, you, know. you didn't know you were going to get an Aaron Camaro pep talk, did you? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm happy. I'm, I love it. I miss her so much. I just, man, I just liked her so much. She, and was, she was so real and so cool yes. when we talked to her that I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to help her because she was so great. I loved her uh, 
her memories of working on that that awful movie that they were oh, in. Oh, yeah. In what 80s. was it? Hard Bodies? Hard Bodies. <laughs> yes. She was so cool, I man. was proud of bringing that up because it got a good laugh out of her. It was her. very sad when we lost her. It was real sad and uh, it's taken way too young. You know, yeah. cancer really sucks. Mm. But uh, Vixen's still going on. They're yeah. going to be playing here in Nashville for Farm Rock. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping to talk to some of them while they're here and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about our time with talking about Jan. Um, so let's see, we move on and we start doing some, the first year in review show was on March 28th, 2012. That was 1975. Yeah. And 1983 came two weeks later. Yep. Neither one of them, I don't Mm -hmm. think were doubles, were they? Both singles. Yeah. See, we got to go back and redo those because I don't think they got their due. We realized later on that year in review episodes are totally worthy of two parts. Yeah. And I think that that's served us well because it helps to break the year up in half. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's too many songs songs yeah too many great songs every year that come out and then you know we start doing uh the first top five song five show was april 19th 2012 that was the top five brian johnson era acdc songs yeah because we were talking about doing bon scott we were like nah too easy who knew that that would be so topical nowadays yeah you know there's some good songs on that one totally uh did a listener request show after that and then our uh first talk with dick wagner was on may 3rd 2012 on episode 31 that was pretty awesome. and that was just a general talk about his whole career yeah mitch also helped set that one up too yeah um mitch has been in our corner since the early days love and, that guy and uh that was a big interview for us and i that was my indoctrination into the Co- alice cooper catalog yeah was preparing for that too. interview yeah. i started listening to all the stuff that that Dick had done with with Alice, which was all the weird albums like Dada, yeah. you know the ones that nobody ever talks about. I remember you coming and pitching that to me when we would later <laughs> on get together with him to do an albums unleashed. You know, we were talking about, you know, if we do this, what do we call it? You know, we come up with albums unleashed, and you're like, yeah, well, let's do the Dada album. And at the time, I'd never even heard the Dada album, you know, and most people hadn't. And I was like, Dada, why Dada? Yeah. You're like, because it's Alice's music from the Elder. Yeah, because people would be really interested in that. It's surely a fascinating story. Well, it's shrouded in mystery. And it's shrouded in and mystery, Alice doesn't, and nobody talks about Alice it. Alice doesn't remember making it. And I was like, okay. And I went out and got myself a copy of it immediately and fell in love with it. Yeah, but it was the biggest reason I wanted to talk about it is because there's, there's hardly anything out there about yeah, it. There is now. We're, with, the, we're the authorities on that well, and with now. That's one thing I like to do with podcasting, and we're going to keep trying to do that stuff is yeah i mean we could always talk about the wall or destroyer those are big albums but you know everything about them yeah but let's talk about something that didn't sell that well that deserves a better shot and albums like dot are a prime example of that yes the internet's full of information but it wasn't full of information about that record no that's totally true you know, I'm so glad we did it. And Dick Wagner, you know, we know he appreciated it. That started a friendship, and we'll get into more of that as we go on. Um, episode 34 was a big deal to both of us because Jack Russell came on the show. Yeah, both and, huge Great White fans. Yeah, and, you know, Great White was part of my early days of seeing Kiss because they opened for Kiss on the Revenge Tour when I saw them. And even at that point, you know, we've had some pretty big names on the show, but we haven't been at it that long. No, but Jack Russell was super nice to us and I mean made us feel like just regular people and yeah. he was just he was just a regular guy. Yeah, and he gave us a great interview, a great talk, you know, it was like that's when you realize when you're talking to somebody like that and you forget 
that you're recording something, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just so so loose and so so free in the conversation and wrapped up into it that you know all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, yeah, we're recording this, aren't we? Absolutely. Fireplace directly behind Adi's drums, mm-hmm. and every stick he broke, he threw it to the fireplace, and he had this, and he was gonna, you know, when the record was done, he was gonna ceremoniously light these things on fire, right? Okay, so the record's finished, you know, he takes his kit down or whatever, and. I'm in there watching him. He's taking his can of Ronson lighter fluid, which is butane, right? Right. And he's spraying this butane all over the all over the sticks. I'm watching him, and I walk away, and I sat down the end of the house, and I hear this, kaboom! <laughs> I'm like, something blew up. And my, my roadie said, actually playing playing the, the Sega, right? And he goes, nah, man, what could have blown up? I go, something blew up, man. He runs to the back of the house. He comes back and goes, something blew up, something blew up. I go, what blew up? He goes, oh, he blew up. Went, what? Oh, blew oh, no. I run to the back of the house and there's Audie looking like buckwheat, right? His hair <laughs> fried up, like no eyebrows. It was, you know, it was just hysterical. And I didn't think about it. Ronson is butane, right? It's not like the the liquid, right? So it uh-huh. turns into a gas, oh, right? So he's, he's basically filling up this fireplace hearth with with gas. Oh, and of course, when he lit it, what happened, man? Kaboom! It exploded. Wow. Yeah, something only a drummer could do, you know. Oh, of course, <laughs> it was pretty comical. We had a good time. Uh, let's that see. Guy's great, man. Let's see. Then we did the uh, first two part of uh, year in review was parts one and two of 1969. Yeah, and we went way, way back, back for that. That was the furthest we've ever gone back, I think. And then um, the first Christmas in July. Yeah. Let me throw down the Genius. lineup for this. This was an undertaking. I mean, you got to figure where we're at in podcasting at this point. You know, we're still kind of trying to figure out what we are and what we're doing, Mm -hmm. but we want to do something special for Kiss. And it's like, well, let's do four big Kiss episodes in a row for the month of July. Yeah, we do. You know, and it's like, oh, that's great, but holy shit, that's a lot to do. And every year, it's tough to top the one from the it year is. before. So what was the what was the, the first, rundown for the first year? The first one came out on July 4th, 2012. Yeah. So on 4th of July, I was editing and uploading an episode. <laughs> I remember that. I hope you fucking people are happy. <laughs> I totally remember that. I think, uh, what, did we record it that day no, too? Or the day before? A few was, days before. Yeah. But yeah, it was the 4th of July, and I was busting my ass putting this thing out. I do remember out. that. It was Lydia Chris was the first one. Yeah, she it was, was great. Peter Chris discussion. We talked about our favorite Peter Chris songs. I like the spin that we put on that. It wasn't yeah. just a regular interview. Right. Leader Chris has been interviewed by everybody. Yeah. and Sometimes uh, you've got to find a unique twist. The next week was Kiss Covers, of course with a K. That was fun, of course. A lot of cool covers in that. The third week was the Vinnie Vincent special part three with Robert Fleischman. That, holy shit. Wow. And this, that it, was... Did that spike the ratings? Totally took... Both of us by surprise to the point that Aaron wasn't even, Aaron didn't even come over to my house to record the interview. Nope. Because I told him I'm not going to get anything out of him because our friend Victor from Mars Attacks had interviewed him a year before and he gave him nothing in regards to the Vinnie Vincent years. So honestly, I was recording it as it was just going to be a part of a Vinnie Vincent special with other people because I thought I was going to get 10 minutes out of him basically saying no to everything. And Aaron was like, should I come over for this? And I was like, not really, because I don't expect to get anything. 
And the next thing I know, the guy's spilling his guts to me for an hour and a half. Yeah. And telling me everything that like I and more than what I wanted to know. <laughs> and not not you're mincing lucky, words at you're all. You're lucky that I knew you and loved you by then. Otherwise I'd be like, You fucker. I can't believe you I did that. I honestly felt me. guilty when the interview yeah, was over I with. I bet you did. And uh but yeah, and here's here's just a little taste of, of that one. If you haven't listened to it, you gotta you gotta download it. Do anything but call me because Chris was told that him that yeah, we love the album and everything, but uh, you know, we want Robert too. Right. They wanted you a guy where's Robert, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now, what did he do? He'd already burned his bridges with me at the very beginning of the whole relationship, you know? Right, right. So I just basically told him to screw off. And so then, um, you know, I was getting calls from him. I was getting calls from his monkey, Dana. And, um, and I was getting calls from, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying no, no, no. And it just made me mad or just to keep getting bugged by them. And now, Deep Thoughts with Zach Wild. She could suck Shalon like it's nobody's business. And, you know, that is the secret to a happy marriage. Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. There you have it. More awesome music from this week's featured artist, Snake Eyes 7. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you can get more information on this amazing band in today's show notes or over at highvolmusic.com. And speaking of high vol music, hey, another previously featured artist that you guys really, really dug. We got a lot of great response to. They were called Outlaws and Moonshine. And they're about to head out on their Redneck Revolution Midwestern tour starting on May 9th in Dubuque, Iowa and running through June 11th in Illinois. Check it out. Don't miss out on that. If you're in that track, you got to see this band. Joining them on the road is another band we've played right here on the show, and a band I like a lot called Wayland. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dig that band. They're going to be out there with them. So if you're in the area, take in a show and tell them the Decibel Geek Podcast guys sent you to see them. And like I say, if you see bands that we play on this show or we talk about and you go to their pages and you like them, tell them. Tell them who told you about Please it. Please do, because we want to build a following just like the bands do. Right, yeah, totally. You know, we've got a lot of people always back in the Decibel Geek podcast, some for a long time, some recently. Here's a guy that's been with us for a little while, and I'm talking about Daryl Albert. He's a great friend of the Decibel Geek podcast, and he's got the whole HK Collectibles Inc. thing going on, and he's back as Decibel Geek sponsor. You want to know about some of the cool rock and roll stuff he's got going on over at High... Uh, over at HK Collectibles, Inc., Woo, we're having fun now. <laughs> He's got a deep purple ticket from 1974. Oh, man. 
That's awesome. Plus, he's got some Black Sabbath tickets from 71 and 72. Where are you going to find this stuff? That's pretty cool stuff. You want to give somebody an awesome gift that doesn't come from a shelf at a department yeah, frame store? Frame one of those tickets. That's a cool thing to put on your wall. Frame up something like that. If you got a cool uncle that said, yeah, man, I seen Sabbath back in 71. Look it up. Say, hey, man, what? where'd you see him? Well, I seen him in Dubuque, Iowa or something. Mm-hmm. Look it up. He's probably got it. it. And then the beautiful thing about it is, you know, these are collectible items. So as pieces of art that they are, you know, lost items that you can't get anymore, you can still make an offer on these things. If the price is a little high for you, shoot Daryl an offer. He's a cool guy. He might work with you. Yeah. I'm sure he probably will. So check him out. HK Collectibles Inc. on Amazon. He's got that and all kinds of other cool stuff. That's right. Check and, it out. And also, uh, when you guys go through our link at, at decibelgeek.com and click on that Amazon banner and just do your shopping through that banner, you don't have to spend any extra money. Um, we get a report of what you buy, and we get a kickback on the money from that. Yeah, totally. So when you go there, you go to decibelgeek.com, you click on our Amazon banner. takes you straight on over there. Anything you buy, you don't pay a penny extra for it. There's no hidden fees, no hidden charges. They're taking care of you. And what you're doing is taking care of us. So when you buy something, anything, anything you want to buy, it doesn't have to be rock and roll records, but we prefer it when it is, but it could be anything. And whatever it is, you're helping the Decibel Geek podcast. So go to Amazon through our link so we can see what you bought. All right, we're, I, we're voyeurs like that. I'm changing the name of the show, Aaron. What are you changing it to? To the Pete and Repeat Podcast, because I just said all that. <laughs> but you didn't do it the Aaron Camaro yeah, way, Yeah, you did man. it better. That's why I let you do it. I, I know. I, I that's why I was like, hey, man. Yeah, I know. I'll just now drink you my get beer. to tell us. You get the secret right. list. That's, well, the, yeah, that's I, the trade-off. I get the list of what you guys buy. I don't get names, but I get the list of what you buy. And some of the more interesting things from the past seven days... Men's 60s and 70s retro vintage black purple stripe stretch bell-bottom super flares were bought. No freaking way. That's awesome. Toddzilla's using the link. I could see that. <laughs> he could rock those with that hair. Heck yeah, Toddzilla. You know what goes great with those bell-bottom purple flares. We'll talk a little more about Toddzilla in a minute. A Decibel Geek t-shirt. And uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens on Blu-ray was bought. Awesome. I love uh, it. A couple of cool cross necklaces, one that has a cool skull in the middle of it. Right on. Uh, a Metal. Like Riley Holiday Westwood Corner TV stand. This really cool wooden TV stand was bought, and that wasn't cheap. See, that just goes to show it could be anything, whatever you're buying it. through Amazon. You can get your friends and neighbors to go through our link. Just just save that bad boy yep. as your desktop. And uh, some music that was bought this past week, The Treatment, Generation Me, and Black Label Society, Book of Shadows 2 was purchased. Yeah, that's brand new. I like that. Good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, keep buying through that Amazon link, guys. We really appreciate your support. It helps so a ton. It doesn't cost you nothing else extra. Why wouldn't you? Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So we ready to get back to it? Why wouldn't you leave us a five-star iTunes review? Please do. Why wouldn't you? So let's go back into, we're in the 2012 now. Earning it for five years. And uh, notably, uh, episode 48 was my gift to Aaron. That was Whitfield Crane coming on the show. <laughs> that was so awesome. I almost peed my pants when you told me. He was uh, super cool to talk to. And yeah, I remember initially it was going to be Klaus from Ugly Kid Joe. That would have been cool, it too. It would have been cool, too. But like all at the last minute, Either oh, way. It, he, a few days before he emails me, he goes, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to have to cancel because I've got a previous commitment. And I was like, shit. And then he goes, 
would Whitfield be okay? I'm like, yeah, he'll be okay. Yeah, I guess that would be all right. <laughs> the lead singer of the band, sure, no problem. And he was so cool, man. He was really cool. Oh, I fanboyed out for that, didn't I? And as you'll hear here, he uh, he definitely didn't hold back when it comes to his thoughts on Kiss. They actually took their, as I recall, they took uh, America's you know, Statue of Liberty, which is a Statue of Liberty. Oh, from the uh, Revenge Tour. Oh, they yeah, yeah, okay. That artwork and used, and used it for their stage. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. I never even made that connection. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, I, I, we we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were all at Mercury, man. No, no. In fact, we were we were actually. If you're talking about that tribute record, yeah. we were invited to be on that. It was, as, and as you before, what was as you said before, you like what's the life? What's it like in the day in the life? We were, a lot of movement was going on, and we had an opportunity. We had two, two times two uh, two different uh, tribute records. We were invited to go on. One was the Black Sabbath NIB, and one was the Kiss one. And it was yeah. right then. It was right when Mark Davis split. We didn't have a drummer, <laughs> so we actually, we actually, we. I mean, they were really. Kiss was awesome. Kiss said, "Hey, man, you can do this song." Blah blah blah. blah. And we said, "Rad, we're going to do it." And then, it, and it came down to we had to pick one because we couldn't really get our shit together. And uh, so we picked Sabbath, of course. Whitfield Crane. I'll never forget that because that was because I'm a huge Ugly Kid Joe fan. Everybody knows no, you're that. Not. Yes, I am. I, I love him. I love him a lot. You probably like Enough's Enough, don't you? I totally love Enough's Enough. I'm you learning know, something you, new today. You know me so well. But when we got to talk to Wit, it was like I totally forgot we were doing a podcast. I'm just grilling him with every question I've ever wondered about the band. What he did came this prepared mean? for this. Why one. didn't you do this? And you should. You know, I always wondered why this happened instead of that. You know, mm -hmm. and he was great. He what, he was a little flustered. You know, but what he did, you did, he did with good. what you did with him is what I did to Mark Slaughter. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, when yeah. else am I going to talk to you? We're going to get it all out right now. Right. No, yeah. that was amazing, too. <laughs> and then um, after him, a couple weeks later, we had Bruce Kulick on the show. Yeah, that was amazing because we got to go up and hang out in Bruce Kulick's uh, hotel room. Yeah. And we still didn't really know what the hell we were doing. So we're setting no. up all kinds of recording equipment. And Yeah, Bruce I was mean, like, was is all this really necessary? <laughs> no. It's like most podcasts just come with a little handheld recorder thing. You guys have mic stands and mics and a mixing board and everything. Yeah, none of this is necessary necessary at all but you know we still got to do it but i you know if you're new to the show if you're old to the show you'll know the story you're probably sick of it but getting him on the show was a big deal to me because i got into kiss during the crazy nights era and for me he was my kiss lead guitar player he was yeah. the current guy at the time i that i fell in love with the band and um i just loved his work i was really into the stuff he did and uh totally. and, and also I purchased Crazy Nights on cassette in 1988 at a store called The Great Escape, along with Ace Fraley's solo album on cassette and Dynasty on cassette. That was my first Kiss purchases. And where we interviewed Bruce was literally two blocks away at the yes. hotel yep, that's from that record true. store. And I just it was such a full circle moment to me. And it was a moment where, as somebody who's doing this show, it was like, Look at what we're doing. This is, right. you know, this is something that we're doing ourselves and we're creating it ourselves. And I'm actually getting to talk, sit down and talk to this guy at length. I yeah. never would have been able to do it without this show. So <laughs> we, uh, we talked to uh, Whit Crane from Ugly Kid Joe mm -hmm. recently. Now you tell me, I don't know if you, this will probably, this would be more of a gene question or whoever mm -hmm. organized the revenge tour. He claims, you remember they put out an album called America's Least Wanted with Statue of Liberty flipping the bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He claims that you guys ripped them off you with know, that thing on the stage. That's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I do know that, I mean, I used to hear criticism about, isn't that too close to the Metallica thing or something like that? Oh, yeah, that's but just I, I, You know, again, something like that, you can't 
you know, copyright exactly. Yeah, so. yeah how can you yeah. copyright the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. Gene would do it if, if anyone could do it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. If and, could yeah. Do it and probably Ugly Kid Joe couldn't do it as big as that. But probably yeah, not, you see no. things, and it doesn't matter that it's a... I remember there was a band that I worked with back in the uh, late 80s that had a song called X uh, Marks the Spot or something... And then all of a sudden, there's uh, Who Put the X in Sex. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that Paul yeah. comes up with that title. You get what I'm saying? That's right? a classic yeah, among yeah, classics, so, right? You know, whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, know not, I know not your favorite track yeah. by Kid. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. I think he was just a little too influenced by what, you know, what Pop and Desmond on? and some of the other music. But uh, Sure. You Make Me Rock Hard, I didn't mind. In fact, I've done that right. live, which yeah. is pretty rare. You know, I did it in South America. Yeah, I like that you pull out yeah. a lot of the rarity oh, yeah. stuff when well, you Well, I want to feature my era, of course. Yeah. You know? I saw a clip of you in Australia doing, you did a whole Crazy Nights medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so was my, awesome. My, my band down there, they're, they're fanatics. And yeah. They're... they're they wanted to do Sword and Stone. I said, no. Oh, I'd love to hear <laughs> Well, actually, we did like cool. a tease of it once. Yeah, right. You know, we would start, ganka, da, 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 you know, just the beginning chords. Yeah. And, but like, why play it? It was never released. It really should have been yeah, put on Crazy Nights. I think Nevison, up I know, I know. You know. Nevison didn't he really didn't like want it. it. The bootlegs out there, but, you know. Yeah. Well, a couple of people covered it. We, at the yeah, beginning, we had, we had this show, and then we had a website. But the website needed to be more, you know, because it wasn't doing nothing. It was like every week we'd have a new episode come out. It'd be on iTunes. It'd be on Spreaker and all that. But the website really was just kind of sitting there. And so Chris said, well, we need something more. We need writers, you know, people that can do their own thing and use our website as a vehicle for that. And holy shit, has that grown over five years? It has. And we should take a moment out to thank the contributors that uh, have been here before and that are still here now. Yeah. Um, Wally, and and, Wally and Rich were uh, early on supporters of the of the show and, and everybody, helped out. Everybody knows Wally and Rich. Everybody loves those yeah, guys. The Meister, the Gator. They hijack our mm-hmm. show every year right around Thanksgiving time. It's fantastic. We love those guys. Absolutely. They've been with us since the very beginning. And, and Rich in particular needs special thanks and acknowledgement, guys, because... You, the amount of reviews that come out from the writers on the site and how cool the site looks and how the fact that the site functions on a day-to-day basis. It's all him. That's all Rich because mm-hmm. he is he's over the writers, he's over the website, and the guy, he's the ambassador to the show at damn near every festival there is in the world. Absolutely. And honestly, he's he is our equal. He's I our mean, friend. He's our brother. Yeah. We love him. And, he's, and he is, without a doubt, the third decibel geek. He, he really is. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, that's why nobody else gets their own show. Nobody else gets to hijack the show except for the Meister and Wally. Wally. And, and Wally's got a lot going on these days. He's yeah. playing bass in two bands. Yeah, and, that's easy. So he's amazing. out doing it, you know. And uh, But it still will write stuff from time to time for you us. Know. Always supportive, always cool to us. And uh, But, you know, yeah, a Rich I have to give special acknowledgement to because the guy has put in so many hours and yes. worked tirelessly on furthering the site and the show's name. And um, that's one thing, you know. Yes, we're a podcast. Yeah, we've been around for five years. You know, sometimes we're more known for what's going on on the website as far as the writers and just how beautiful the website is. I mean, to me, personally, I think decibelgeek.com is one of the best-looking websites on the Internet. It, it grabs me. It's it's rock and roll. It's loud. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. And um, so let's go. Let's get into the rest of the shows here because um, we got a lot of clips to play and not a lot of time to cover them. 
Uh, let's see. Thank you to all our writers. We love yes, you. We love all of you. And uh, Ron Runyon, who's running the YouTube thing, yep. building that audience too. Met and I, Mike on the Instagram. Yeah, what and up? Mike. And uh, also a special acknowledgement to uh, Patrick Johnson, who is uh, he's busy doing other things these days, but did a ton of great work yeah, on did. the YouTube. And most of the cool T-shirt designs you see are Patrick's and the Decibel Geek five-year artwork that you see. Podcasting ambassador That's him. Uh, Andrew Jacobs. Andrew yeah, Jacobs. Shout out to him. Ken Mills for designing a new logo for us. That's beautiful you know, and gorgeous. It's, uh, it's there's so many people have helped out over the years. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Andy the Fun. Yes. Uh, um, I could go on for a while. Kate Campbell, congrats on your new wedding. Yeah, congratulations. You know, we love you, Kate. Billy Hardaway. We'll talk about you in a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of you guys. I mean, there's just so many. Adam Cox, you're doing great articles. Oh, Adam these days. Cox is killing it on the website. But yeah, yes. I mean, I don't have the list in front of me all but we appreciate every one of you everybody that's ever helped us in any way you know this is this is your celebration just as much as it's ours absolutely i hope you're getting drunk right now too let's talk about um <laughs> let's talk about uh december 20th 2012 we put out an episode called songs for the apocalypse well i'm glad to say we survived it <laughs> yeah me too and then again just recently almost caused one we did? Oh, yeah. With the interview. Uh, let's talk about that another time. But, but we uh, survived the apocalypse. Yeah, as you'll hear here, uh, uh, Aaron was not quite convinced that we were all going to be okay. Here it is, the very last Decibel Geek podcast. Now, wait a minute. This isn't the nice pepped up you know, intro thing that you do. That's what you're supposed to do. You're but supposed to get people hyped up I know. I know, but it's kind of tough. I'm a little depressed because you know the, the world ends tomorrow, and this is going to be our last chance to do the decibel geek podcast and, oh my you know, god kind of you buy into that well yeah man it's december 21st 2012 aaron i have some bad news for you it's the, the tooth fairy doesn't exist either well i and know this is that. bullshit well what about the the calendar the the mayan calendar the that's a, it's been proven it's been debunked already okay there's a, there's plenty of facts back there to back it up i mean it, it's uh there's the calendar ends, but just like our calendar ends, it, there's an the, that's the end of what's called a long cycle, and then right. a new long cycle starts. It's just, it's almost just like the renewing of life or I something. Hope you're right. It's more of a spiritual thing than a real end of the world thing. That's cool. Yeah, I feel a little better. Yeah. But what about Planet X? Planet X is right <laughs> around the corner. It's about to crash right into the Earth. You sound like Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> Planet X. I was just listening to the Mayans, man. Everybody knows that the world was supposed to end on that day. Yeah, listening to Jesse Ventura a little too much, too. Well, we're going to be all right now. See? All these years later, we're all still rocking and rolling. we got many more to go. Let's see. Uh, we did a cool little concept called Radio Revisited 1975. I think that was a result of feeling bad. Like it we, was. We owed 1975 something. But we like pretended we were in 1975. <laughs> yeah. We should do that again because it was fun. We were just babies. Yeah. It was. It was. I was negative one. Uh, one of the shows I'm more proud of that we did was Rob Kern coming on to do the other Sabbath. Yeah. That was in March of 2013, episode 77. That's when I really started feeling like doing these shows are helping me become a better person. Yeah. Because it's ex making me experience music that I may not have gone out on my own and tried to experience, which I missed out on all that later years, Black Sabbath. After Born Again, I was pretty much done with it. Yeah. But, you know, well, I know you were done before Born Again or 
right after the first time you heard it. Yeah, I didn't like Born Again. It's awesome. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's the production. But by doing that show with Rob, man, it really broadened my horizons. You know, the and Tony made, Martin era. It awesome. made me feel so good that we were also broadening the horizons of our oh, friends yeah. and listeners. You know, and it made yeah. me feel like we're not just a couple of you know kind of halfway funny guys playing rock and roll music and making jokes. No, we dug deep for that. We one. can be entertainers and we can be educators at the mm. same time, and I take that seriously. And God epi- knows all the homework we do. Yeah, we did a lot of homework on that one. All worth it. I did a whole week of listening to non-Ozzy and Dio Sabbath. Which I recommend, so man. Hard. Go to Go to Amazon through our link. Buy all the other side of Black Sabbath. It's, it's really it. good. Uh, episode 81 was a fun talk. We had Tom Harper, who was Kiss's, uh, Paul Stanley's uh, guitar tech and also played bass on Shandy. Chris, I just couldn't help but notice that aura's back. <laughs> it's It's glowing around you right now. We're not talking about that guest. Um, yeah, that's a different guest. Oh, that yeah. wasn't Tom Harper. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, edit that out. He that, sh- <laughs> he that, he that shall not be named. Nah. If, yeah. If you, were, if you were around then, you know who I'm talking about, and I'll leave it at that. Tom Harper was way cooler. Tom Harper was way cooler. And he let us play the unreleased demo version of Shane. He did. Oh, The one man. that he played the bass on. So cool. And uh, he had some interesting things to say about the real cool effects that didn't pan out for the dynasty tour and working for paul stanley there was well there was the laser curtain there was paul's laser eye yeah and ace's laser guitar right paul's laser eye was a patch that went over the eye with the star so it was like a velvet patch or a you know a soft fabric that covered his eye for Mm. safety right fiber optic cable alongside of his eye that oh, shot wow. the laser out. Yeah. It's kind of a headset thing. Right. That's and crazy. a mercury switch that would fire, you know, a, they could adjust the tilt of his head so that the laser wouldn't hit the top row of the Coliseum seat. <laughs> well, in theory, nice idea. Right. Not all Coliseums are the same. Right. Yeah. So and they, they had to... get nervous. Putting this thing on was nerve-wracking to him because, you know, he's got a laser on his head. Right. I bet. Yeah, he's probably scared it's going to burn through his skull. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't help when your roadie says, hey, if anything goes wrong, don't give me a dirty look. <laughs> what, was that you? Yeah. Yeah? Get out of here. Don't let me see you after the show. Oh, no. Ow, my eye. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at it. The laser curtain thing. Sound like it would have been awesome. I'm sure it would have been. That's a great interview, guys. If you didn't listen to that one the first time, it's awesome. If you are a Kiss fan, there's you a YouTube heard version that, too. You're missing, yeah. Oh yeah, there is a YouTube yep. version. Patrick did that one. Yes, it's really cool. John Regan was episode 82. Can't, can't say enough good things about John. Yeah, no kidding. We're all looking forward to that new four, four by, by fate, fate coming out. That was great, man. John Regan was on my very first rock and roll T-shirt. Yep. He just he just congratulated us on five years on uh, Facebook. Oh, nice! So that guy is the love best. that guy. Super nice. Um, oh, okay. Episode one thirteen, December second, two thousand thirteen. We did the David Lee Roth era Van Halen discussion with Todd Zilla. Oh yeah. And man, Todd is the coolest. And we uh, we love Todd anyway because he's kind of a local celebrity here. But and I figured he'd be fun to talk to. But we had no idea what we were in for when the story started flowing from this guy. So we're, we're at this concert, and 
we're about halfway through the show and they're starting bottoms up. Oh. And Dave you. comes out in the buttless pants. <laughs> the assless chair. Yeah. And, and so I'm I'm sitting here on the end, then Amy's next to me, then Laura's next to her, and then Mitch. Okay? Yeah. And we're standing on the 19th row, standing up in our chairs, and we're we're craning our necks to see because you got to look over the crowd. The girls are shorter than we are, so they're you know Amy's got to stand up on her tiptoes. Well, Dave, Dave comes out, and he goes, and he bends over towards the crowd and shows him his ass in those pants. <laughs> and I remember Amy craning her neck and looking, and it's like she was trying to see, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Her eyes got really big, she, and I was kind of laughing because I'd seen the show the year yeah. before, and I knew what he was going to do. I knew right. her pants wasn't going to have no butt in them. Right. So she's like looking, and her eyes get real big, and I swear to God, guys, I have on, on, on my mother's life, I swear to you, she had a spontaneous orgasm. <laughs> really? She starts twitching and goes, uh, 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 and she falls down in the chair, and I'm standing there, and Laura's looking over at her going, oh, my God. And she's, like, hiding her face because she's embarrassed, and Amy's twitching. Dude, she's just going, uh, uh, uh. Wow. I, I had three older sisters, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that was possible, you know, and I'm a 17-year-old kid, right. you know, and I'm just looking at her. And my buddy Mitch is going, he's looking over, and she's literally laying, panting, chest heaving. You know, oh I mean, God. she just she she came right wow. there. And I looked at Roth, and I looked at her, and I looked at Roth, I looked at her, I looked at Roth again, and I thought, that is a good job. Yeah. I want to do that. So did you run out the next day and get some magical chef? Man, no, I didn't. <laughs> There's more than stories flowing in that story. Yeah, no kidding, man. Todd was so amazing. Please, everybody, do me a favor. As soon as you're done listening to this, go online, go on Facebook, and like Funk Hammer and tell them that you love Todd Zilla and you heard him on the Decibel Geek podcast. Yes. Because Todd Zilla is an amazing, awesome. amazing person, and he deserves the support of everybody out there. And he, he's just so cool, man. And I got to plug his newest project. He's still doing Funk Hammer, yeah. but he's also doing a like a full-on Prince tribute show, like a recreation. Yeah. And it's called Purple Masquerade. I heard amazing things it's, about I it. I mean, like, he they straight up completely revamp the entire Prince stage show from, I think, the 1999 tour. That's amazing. So, and if you that know Todd, so he can play that stuff with no problem. It is sleep. He's an incredible guitar player. And he's already got all the purple stuff. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It, it, it fits him like a glove. Love that guy. Yeah, we definitely got to get Todd Zilla back on the of show course. with us. And we did have him back later. Yep. His Ace Fraley impression is uncanny. Oh, yeah. That's a, oh, man. We've I'm heard, Ace Fraley. We've heard Kiss. We've heard so many great stories over the years. You got any this. Jackson guitars down there? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, but you're no Todd Zilla. No, I'm no Todd Zilla. Um, episode 119 and 120 was the two-part Gary Corbett interview. That was great, man. That was the day I met my coolest person ever. Gary Corbin. Gary Corbin. Yeah, if we could have him out every week, we would. Oh, man. Just because he's so fun to talk to. Gary Corbin could be the third side of our coin anytime. Oh. Anytime. I see what you did there. Um, yeah, he was awesome. And uh, he had some interesting things to definitely say during that two-part yeah. special like yeah. this. Yeah, and, uh, although Eric Carr, that, now, see, he was very insecure. This is where the, he, he was very upset. 
that he rates. wasn't that he wasn't asked to do the yes. gag. And he, he, Eric couldn't, Singer he was. couldn't understand why he was not asked, and it really bothered him. Right. And he at, he came to see the show. We played at the Ritz in New York, and he came in the dressing room after the show. And the first thing he said to me was, "That guy's gonna have my gig." And I went, "What are you talking? Yeah, what are you talking about?" Eric Singer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I said, "Dude, look, you're not you're not going anywhere. Oh, God, you're gonna fire me. I'm not gonna fire you." <sighs> And that's and that's my that's where he felt like he well, was always he was, worried. He about was that. half right. Yeah. You know, Eric Singer did get the gig, but he you know Eric Carr never got fired. Yeah, did. Did what? Mm-hmm. See, that's, it's, that's that's, a, that's an awful. Well, well, there, there's there's oh yeah, there's numerous. Loved having him on. About. Yeah. And uh, your dog loved having him on too. Oh man, Chopper but, loved him. That's uh, that's Gary's best friend in the world. Yeah. But, uh, that was funny because the dog, the whole time Gary talked to us, he pet my dog, and the dog sat below him. And then after it was over, then Gary, we, you know, we made his way out and was on his way. And I walk back into the house and I see something underneath the table is black and small and furry. And it's like, what is that? I'm thinking it's a dead mouse. <laughs> I get closer and it, that he had pet him so much for so long yeah. that there was a pile of hair on the floor. <laughs> My dog's favorite guest, probably one of mine too. We love Gary Corbett. Love Gary Corbett. We've made all kinds of excuses to get Gary back on the show, and we'll keep doing. We that. will. We'll have him back again. We did a cool back-to-back weeks on um, episode one twenty-four and one twenty-five in February twenty fourteen. We did two Beatles shows in a row. Yeah, we there did. was some big Beatles hype going on at that time, and we always feel like you know, as also entertainers, as educators that we are, it's it's important to look back at where the music we love came from. And mm-hmm. it was great to do that, especially with those couple of episodes. Yeah, one was the heavier side of the Beatles, and then one was the Beatles covered in metal, which was all like metal covers. Those were both really fun shows to do. And again, another uh, educational thing for myself, even. Mm-hmm. Week after that, we had Metal Tim Henderson from Brave Words to do the Judas Priest catalog discussion. That was a lot of fun. Again, see, there we were. We were getting into our, our educational phase there, mm-hmm. I think. And Tim was a great guest. We were really ramping it up back then. Brave Words is definitely my favorite rock news website. Wow, hands down. Uh, and then episode 127 was called Winter Sucks, and it was songs about cold, about songs about the winter, because uh, we were having a shitty winter that year. It was bad. And I uh, that. but most notably, uh, Mitch Lafon was the guest, and he he was no stranger to the show, but it was interesting timing because he had just quit Three Sides of the Coin. And uh, he shared his thoughts at the end of that show, and it sounded a little bit like this. How can I put this? It, it was the fact that um, there was discussions that the show had too many interviews and wanted to go back to being focused about being just a discussion-based um, podcast. And, and my strength, or at least my perceived strength, has always been doing interviews and I had a whole bunch of great people lined up. You know, I had Dana Strum, and I had Richie Wise, and I had Mitch Weissman, who was on Gene's solo album, and a whole and 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 Gordon Gebert, who did the kit. And all of those got shot down. I was told, no, 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 we too many interviews. We'll we'll get to them uh, in the years to come. Right. And uh, I just felt, you know what? I, I really think people would rather listen to Richie Wise speak to me for an hour about the Kiss album and the Hotter Than Hell album than for for a listener to tune in and listen to 
gee, does Mitch think that uh, Kings of Hearts is a great song off of Hotter Than Shade? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, those, those, those discussions have their, their, their place and, right. and, and are certainly worthy, but I think if you have a choice between getting Richie Wise on as a guest and talking about Hot in the Shade, I think the obvious choice is Richie Wise. Pretty direct language from Mitch in that. Mitch is awesome. You know, he's our friend. Yeah. I, I love Mitch the Fon. If there's anything we can do for him, all he's got to do is let us know. Absolutely. We came up together, right? We pretty much did. And then he kept going, he and kept we just kind of did our own thing. Yeah, he's doing great. <laughs> and uh, that World with Heroes uh, album that he put out was awesome. It was probably the best Kiss tribute album It ever. really is. I go back to that one more than any of the other ones. Absolutely. Uh, a big special one was April of 2014, which was about two years ago this month. We did the Albums Unleashed Dada with Dick Wagner yeah. for Alice Cooper. See, and we talked a little bit about that earlier, but... This one was with Dick Wagner in person. Yeah. And, you know, we... It's a fun week. It was a fun week. You know, we really, really looked forward to him coming to town because we had forged a friendship with this guy without ever even meeting him. You know, we gave him the kind of interview that he probably always wished somebody would have. I definitely got that vibe from him that first time. And so when he agreed to come back and you said we should do Dada, and I said, okay, and got the album and loved it. And we got to finally sit down and talk to him and meet him in person. And, you know, my memories of Dick Wagner is this dude gives off some heavy, heavy, heavy vibe, man. Mm-hmm. He's very imposing, a little intimidating. Yeah. But deep down to it, you know, once he's comfortable, he's the sweetest dude around. And, you know, oh, man, I just... I get a little broke up, man, because we really did form a good friendship with this guy, and now he's gone. But yeah. I'm so grateful that we'll always, always have the the archives to be able to go back into at decibelgeek.com and be able to listen to Dick Wagner and be there with him again whenever we want to. Yeah, here's a little bit of that uh, talk with Dick Wagner about Dada. Track four, No Man's Land. Um, love this song. The, the, the opening line is genius. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, a job as a Santa at a mall in Atlanta. Right. Not for any talent, but because I was the only one the suit would fit. Yeah. <laughs> I got a job in Atlanta in a mall playing Santa, not because of any talent, but because I was the only one the suit would fit. It's way out of time. It's uh, it's not an ordinary chorus verse thing it's just that line it just goes on longer than it should but it it ends with just uh, that line makes me fucking cry yeah it's just so good it is it's a great song yeah it's a song it's got a different you're right it's got a different kind of flow to it than than a normal song that you would think it's just it's like it's off by a little bit but that's kind of what makes it great it is it's exactly Another interesting one was one that um, I was scheduled to do with you, but something came up with something came up with my kids or something, and I couldn't make it. But yeah. Mike Tramp from White Lion was in town. That was funny that night because usually I'm the flake. <laughs> <laughs> that night it was you, and I'm on my way down there to the Rutledge, which is a famous club here in Nashville that is no more. And this was one of the final shows that was going to be put on there. It was, it was in the home stretch for sure. And it was Mike Tramp from White Lion, you know. And I respect White Lion. I, I respect him and appreciate him a lot more now mm-hmm. than I did previous to that. 
And I was like, okay, well, yeah, you know, let's interview Mike Tramp. I'm not the biggest White Lion fan. I don't know the most about the band, but you can carry it, and I'll just come in and we'll just go with the flow. Yeah. And then no Chris. Yeah. It's like, well, what am I going to do? So I went in and just had a conversation with the dude. But, the yeah, the best thing is you got great stuff out of him, and he was in a in a mood to really talk about life in general. Yeah. And uh, it, it came out like this, and I thought this was great stuff that you got. A lot of the stuff in the 80s was that nobody within, you know, the printed business or the printed press, like, you know, Hit Parade of Circus Magazine, Rip Magazine, et cetera, et cetera. Metal Edge, yeah. Everybody just wanted... Like cheesy fan stuff, right. and when you want to kind of sit about, hey, you know, I discovered this song when I felt like this, and you know, my mom called and says, "When are you ever coming home again?" No, 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 you know. So, so you never. Now, it's just is where it all fits together, nice. and I'm just happy that I can be here, and and feeling better than I've ever done, on a musical level. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Carrying a lot of heartache and pain and anger inside me, but completely content musically and not asking questions, not doubting myself, not wanting to go anywhere else but what, where I am and what I can do within my own limitations. And if that makes you happy, man, that's what it's all about. That to me is probably the best or the greatest gift is knowing that it's okay to be limited. Yeah. There was a whole cool ambiance going on that night with the storm rolling in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, again, him being surprised by getting a totally different kind of interview. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But it was a good slice of life type (laughs) talk with the guy. It was cool. It It wasn't about let's talk about this song and this album, which is what I would have done. I would have grilled him about, you know, the main attraction album or the pride album and. You know, well, how did this song get happen? Like, I bet and you blah, blah, blah. Hardcore White Lion fans probably hate it. Probably did. But everybody else. As loves a general it. music listener, though, it was a great talk. It was cool. And you know what? Talking to him that night, he was a really awesome dude. And it made me want to seek out more White Lion and really mm-hmm. give it more of a chance. And there's some really damn good White Lion tunes. I think Little Fighter in particular is one yeah. of the better tunes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's all right, I guess. Yeah, I love that song. Do you really? I do. You don't okay. like Little Fighter? No, I'm into the more of the heavier stuff. That's his one of our heavier songs. It's all right. <laughs> well, oh, that's what it's makes the make show good. Just make me take good. it back, you know. No, it's all good. It's I hate, no, you're right. I hate White Lion. You do? No, I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. I do like it. And then uh, it Queen of the Valley. Yeah, the Queen of the Valley is a good that's song. That's the that's the shit right there. Um, so it's funny because we had uh, we were kind of going solo that month because Aaron did that one solo for Mike Tramp and then the next week I went out to Luke Carl's house and interviewed the Killer Dwarfs and Aaron couldn't be there for that one remember that? yes yeah that sucked I really wanted to go to that and it sounded like you had so much damn fun I did I had a lot of fun we got to go back out to the to the Luke farm oh yeah yeah it won't be the last time either no and luke had us up that time into uh serious satellite studios up there downtown nashville episode yeah that was a lot of fun luke carl is the coolest man he is i saw you know i know a lot of people love podcasting and it's great but you know and and everybody's pretty much realized that regular radio really sucks but somewhere in the middle there is Luke Carl and he's at the upper so half of the middle. Yeah, he's doing the satellite thing. Right. So it's it's better. And he just he couldn't be a cooler guy. He um 
even if he can't play all the deep, deepest cuts that you'd love him to hear, he's such a cool guy that I actually, a lot of times when I'm listening to him, I'm looking forward to him coming back from the music. Well, That's the, how much I like Luke Carl. The thing I like the most about him is he's not from our generation. He's younger than we are. Right, yeah, But totally. he so appreciates all the stuff that we love. He's yeah. really into that stuff. You would have swore that he... Grew up at the same time we did, but he's like didn't. I see him, and I think he's the same age. No, as No, his high school I, I years he, were the nineties. I, I think he's older than me because his, he's so freaking tall. Or his know? high school, <laughs> his high school years were like the early two thousands. I think. You yeah. Know? You know, well, we won't go into past relationships, but anyway, but uh, go on Google, look up Luke Carl, and you'll, Luke Carl's you'll, awesome. You'll know where all what comes up when you do that. But great guy, and his wife Avery is amazing. So we get into uh, July of 2014 and we're in the middle of Christmas in July and one of the highlights was the talk we had with Cher Bach. So is this the second year of Christmas in July? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I believe so. Cher Bach was a great way to kick it off because we're we're always trying to top the Christmas in July from the year before and yep. Cher was probably one of the coolest guests, the most open, the most honest mm-hmm. and just the most fun that we ever had the opportunity to talk to. She was great and uh, she... So she knew Kiss in the earliest days when they were struggling, and uh, she was dating one of the members of the Harlots of Forty Second Street, which was yeah. one of the one of the uh, glitter bands from that era. Famous names from the posters, and she dated Sylvain Sylvain from the Dolls for a while. So she she was an integral part of that scene, and then later, around seventy seven, she started working for Billy Coin with his offices. Yeah. So she knew Kiss in the early days, and then she also knew them at the height of their success. So she saw both sides of the band, and that's what I thought made her interesting. And uh, here's a little bit of that talk. When they were in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and w- so, you know, you knew them when they were nobodies, and then all of a sudden they're these massive rock stars, and they come in the office. So it, had it changed them as people? Um, with Paul, no. I didn't see a change with Paul. Yeah. Um, like I said, Gene was always obnoxious. And <laughs> he, called, he called the office one day, and I answered when I first started. And the the girl that used to answer the phone, her name was Catherine. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, Kath, it's Jean. Let me talk to Bill." And I said, "Hey, Jean, it, it's Cher. It's it's not Catherine." He was dating Cher at the time. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so he thought you were playing a joke on him. He goes, "Ha ha ha!" <laughs> put Bill on the phone. And I said, "He said put Bill on the phone, Kath." And I said, "It's not Catherine." Yeah. I said, "Do you remember the Harlots of Forty Second Street?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> I said, "My husband was Jean, the lead singer," and he goes. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Redhead. I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. Let me talk to Bill. <laughs> you know? You know, I was like, nice talking to you. Yeah, exactly. Man, we love Cher Bach. She was so much fun. You know, she's going through a little transition in her life right now, but uh, we're with you 100%. We know we're going to get you back on the show real soon. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Where do we go from there? We're on a roll, man. You know what? Over the last few, five years... We produced a pretty good podcast. I think so. And uh, let's see, we got through Christmas in July for that year, and then... What else did we do that year? For Christmas in July? It was Kenny Barr came on Mm. the next week, and Top 10 Kiss Guitar Solos. That was a fun one. I really, as far as having to do the research, Mm. I think for me personally, that was the most satisfying. Because what? My homework is listening to Kiss Guitar Solos. Yeah, what a drag. Oh, man. <laughs> Homework's such a drag. And then we did one called Kiss Grab Bag, and I think we just talked about general Kiss knowledge. That was kind of like our what-if episode, Well, that was right? the next year. Oh, that was the next year. Yeah. Okay. What was Grab Bag? 
I think it was just talking about general kiss topics and like news okay. and stuff. I don't. I have to go back and listen. Um, let's see. Well, one thing I want to mention: the new Ace Frehley album is out, and it's a covers album. And around that year, um, we did on August twenty fifth, two thousand fourteen, we put out an episode called Ace's Covers Contenders. That was one of my favorites, where too. we were picking songs that we wanted him to, to cover. And just today, I bought the Origins, Origins. Volume 1. And uh, Not one of our damn songs I was going to say, not on one of our suggestions the made the album, so Ace does not listen to the show. Well, he did listen to us, though, and did did go back and redo some of that early Kiss stuff. Yeah, I was hoping for Strange Ways, but yeah. Parasite's cool. And then episode 152 and 153, 152 was Heaven, 153 was Hell. <laughs> Songs about heaven, songs about hell. Aaron pushed me for this one for a long time. And they time. said we were better back then. Yeah, it was it was fun to it do It was those. fun, yeah. Uh, we, we like to come up with off-the-wall shit once in a while. September 2014 was the first time Chad Lee came on the show with us. We love Chad Lee. And Chad was good friends with Dimebag Daryl, and uh, he's the the leader of the local chapter of the Nashville Ride for Dime. Rock and which, roll photographer to the stars. And a great rock and roll photographer. And we're uh, sponsors of Ride for Dime for this year. Heck yeah, we which are. Which is also tied in with Farm Rock, which is an amazing, amazing festival that's coming we're out. We're proud to have our names attached to both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to be promoting a lot of that, so get used to hearing about it. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, we're going to be really excited. We're going to be talking about Farm Rock all yep. the time. And uh, But Chad came on in uh, September 2014 and talked a little bit about Pantera. I can't speak for him, but Daryl was one of my best friends. Right. I, mean, yeah. I could call him and talk about my, you know, I'd be like, dude, my old lady was such a bitch today and work sucked. And, oh, dude, I got to go see, I fucking met fucking, you know, the Scorpions last night. I mean, dude. The night that they met, here's a good funny one. The night that they got to go meet Eddie and Alex. Yeah. I mean, this is huge for them, right? I mean, because they had never met. Yeah. I don't remember what the reason was, but I called him up at, you know, 7, 8 o'clock, whatever it was, for some bullshit reason. And he answers the phone. He goes, dude, Chadley, I can't talk right now, man. I'm getting ready to walk into Eddie Van Halen's dressing room. And I went. Freaked out. (laughs) Why the fuck did you even answer the phone? Yeah. I'm like. That tells Dude. you what kind of a person he was. Well, and because at first I'm like, if I was walking into Eddie's dressing room, I'm not taking any phone no. calls. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, dude. He's so excited. He had he had to tell he's somebody. He's like, yeah. dude, I gotta <laughs> tell Chad what's going on. You know? And awesome. I mean, you know, dude, he'd call. You call it like four o'clock in the afternoon, he'd pick it up and he'd be like, morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's another guy we gotta figure out how to get back on the show. Oh, I'm sure we can work that out. I'm talking about six heavy metal songs that Chad Lee thinks everyone should hear. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. You know that'd be a good episode. I'm sure, because he's got good taste in music. Yeah, he does. He's in Jamaica right now, the motherfucker. Oh. But um, the, He's living it, man. Yeah, October, the end of October was a big time for this show, because we put out a two-part Albums Unleashed that really got a lot of attention rock the world and that was john karabi talking about the motley crew self-titled album i don't think i've ever been in a better atmosphere for an interview yeah it was in a bar it was in a bar and we all drinks were flowing got drunk laughing having fun <laughs> cutting up relaxed Everything if you want to hear relaxed. john karabi hammered listen to that episode <laughs> want to hear chris and aaron pretty hammed up themselves? listen to those episodes <laughs> Because we were all drunk as shit, and John really just, he spilled the beans on everything about that record. That was the only way to do it, man. It was awesome. That was the proper way. It was so much fun to and talk to And we nailed it. And there's a little bit of what that sounded like. He had talked about calling Motley uh, Christmas. 
Yeah. So like we were thinking days. of all these different names. Oh, let's call it Christmas. Let's call it this or whatever. Yeah. But everybody else was everybody else that had their hand out. Yeah. Was gone. You can't do that. Yeah. So we went with Motley. And then later on, six months later, they were like, you probably shouldn't have called it Motley. And we're like, fuck like, you. you thanks you're a lot, assholes. Thank, yeah. Right. You, were the one, you were the ones that told us to fucking call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. That you huh? had to call it. Yeah, we had to call it Motley. Because we just signed a $50 million record deal with Electra. And all this shit, and you were the ones that talked us out of this. Right. So, yeah. Real easy to come back later and say... God, my liver hurts listening to this. <laughs> As it should, man. No As shit. As it should. That was fantastic. John Karabi was so cool to sit down with us and do the albums Unleashed on that album. And I kind of always kind of feel like we did our part to help push that back into the the thoughts and minds of people again because that I was an amazing so. album we got so much great response to it we got so many new listeners from that episode we really did it was great yeah that brought a lot I'm of people very on proud board. of that one uh we went back out to michael wagoner studio on uh january of 2015 and did the slave to the grind albums unleashed and we will continue to go out there and continue to go out there and we will live out there if he would only allow if us he to. would just let us do it if he would just let us live out there, we would just wake up I even every told him, morning. I know you go to Germany all the time. I'll take care of the house for you. So it's no problem. <laughs> and he's like, no. Well, welcome to the Michael Wagner podcast. Yeah. Today we're interviewing Mike Wagner. You guys Today, are still here? Except demo tapes from 1975. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. night after you went to bed, we went in your closet underneath the stairs and we found these. And we yeah. want to ask you a lot of questions. Yeah. Here's about the what original we found. mix for Osmosis. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's a story. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, and he's got a million of them. He we can talk to him about you guys want to hear us talk to michael wagner some more you tell us what the next albums unleashed should be i want to you do a know, docking record you know the man's catalog you tell us what you want to hear absolutely i definitely want to do a docking record soon because he loves us and we love him so that was that was slave to the grind was a big one for us and here's a little bit of that one i guess you start laboring over it a lot yeah but, uh, but at, when i listen to especially the first two albums it's just like man i mean uh, regardless, I mean, of course it had to have taken work because listen to what the end result was. I oh, mean, for like, sure. it was not just a typical somebody just throwing some lines out there on a microphone. Mm -mm. What he was attempting to do was mm -hmm. really difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's always a mood thing, you know. I yeah. had to put him in a certain mood yeah. to to sing certain songs. Right. In the docking room, he was actually crying when he sang it. Really. You know, and and um, that's the whole wow. thing with selling yeah. emotions and and you know those emotions that you have in there when you're doing it mm -hmm. that's what the people are hearing on the record right yeah. you know if you're bored and and you know you got neon lights going on in there then then that's what the record's going to sound like yeah you know? i guess you start to put yourself in a mental headspace that you're in front of a crowd of people yeah and you look yeah. at the lyrics and you go look at what you're saying man yeah look at what you're up. saying you mm -hmm. know about this guy in the darkened room and then you know mm -hmm. and and now feel that. Put yourself into that room. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and his, awesome. he's, um, wow. you know, as difficult as, you know, I'm sure Rachel and Snake, they've said it in plenty of interviews of how difficult he could be to corral at times. And, you know, he he could be bullheaded. But I think as as far as just music goes, he... He never lost what y'all, what all of us have when we're twelve years old as right. a music fan. Right. To Absolutely. this day, he still has every bit as much passion for that stuff as he did when yeah. he was a kid. Right. 
And that's what, I mean, it's also, I guess that's what made him so great, and it's also what makes him yep. so hard to deal with at the same right. time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's got a very strong opinion, and, and yeah. he's very tall. He's, his arms are oh, he's everywhere, <laughs> and, and he's very loud. Yeah. You know? So, uh, um, and and it was, it was always like a, you always had to deal with it. Yeah. You know? But he also, on the other hand, I kind of was his dad. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and he trusted me when I told him dude you got to do it this way yeah. and do that and and then you'll see it works and it worked on the right first record yeah. so on the second record I had a lot more trust from him yeah. already yeah you know? what you know so the the work relationship was was actually really good yeah good. good old Michael as great as that was you know and as as grateful as we are that Michael Wagner takes the time to talk to us I think maybe since this is our five-year anniversary, we should tell the other side of that story, how cool it could have been. Oh, we're going to do that. Okay. Why not, man? Why not? It's five years. Let's fill the beans. Let's spill the shit, man. Let's, man right. let's break it down and make it VIP for everybody. So the Slave to the Grind episode, as cool as it is. It's amazing. We love Michael Wagner, but we had big, well, big aspirations for this Michael thing. And Michael was excited for it to work out this way, too. And it because didn't. this is Slave to the Fucking Grind, yeah. one of the greatest albums of all time. It really needed something special. So we recorded that one in December of 2014. And it was right around that time that Sebastian Bach was scheduled to play Nashville that same the same weekend that we were scheduled to interview Michael. We all went to that show. You yep. went. I went. Our wives went. Metal yep. Mike went. Billy Hardaway went. We all went down there and supported Sebastian so Bach. Sebastian plays on Friday. Day. Well, he was scheduled to play on Friday, and we were scheduled to talk with Michael on Sunday. So, in the weeks leading up to this, I told, I asked Michael, I'm like, well, it seems like the timing is so good that Bass is going to be in town for that weekend because he was going to play the the warehouse in Clarksville on Sunday. Yeah, and he was in Nashville. Yeah, so I'm like, he's basing before. himself out of Nashville for that weekend. Yeah. So, what, would you have any objection to him coming out to your studio to? talk about the album mike and wagner was like that he would was be great all about it he was so he was like i'd love to do that i think that'd be awesome we think so too because we're like it'll be easy for us we'll just put, turn the mics on and let them talk about exactly. it. exactly and it was one of those things where i, honest, I honestly felt it was going to happen it should have happened there and was nothing in the world that should have kept that from happening so i start so i start sending messages and i go through the record company i go through the publicist I even go to Brent Woods, his guitar player, Sebastian's guitar player, yeah. and I'm like, "Listen, this is a this is more than just a typical interview request. This is a chance for for Baz to get back together with Michael yeah. and really sit down and hash out this album and the making of it. This could be not just an interview for us, but a fun experience for both of them." Right? Yeah, we that, thought we, we were wanting to put them back together. Special, yeah, and. uh I got nothing. It was just crickets. And it, I mean, Brent was nice enough to say, I'll check with him and I'll let him know. Yeah. And I think ever and Dustin Hardman from um, Frontiers, you know, his record label. I think everyone did make the effort to, to get Sebastian on. I got to kind of imagine that Sebastian Bach got sick of hearing people asking him about doing this interview that was with my Michael goal. Wagner. Yeah. That was my goal was for him to finally go, okay, I'll do it. Fuck, man. This, but it you're didn't, like the third person that yeah. said this to me today. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. No. Nope. It didn't work out. It was a huge letdown. And we had a great talk with Michael, and it came out. It was good. Right. But, but the story goes further than it that, does, doesn't it? It does, and here we go. <laughs> Put it so out there. Metal Mike, who is our Instagram person. And, and one of our most awesome friends. Great friend, and I know he's listening to this. 
I hope you're okay with me tearing this story, Mike. Too late if you're not, yeah, dude. Too late. Um, <laughs> it's five years, baby. Sebastian, last year, I think, um, was going to play Louisville, and that's where Mike is based out of. And Mike knew the security guy at this venue up in Louisville, and Mike was like, well, you know, can you get me to a chance to meet Sebastian? And he's like, yeah, I'll get you on the tour bus, and you can talk to him. So Mike, and Mike was with us when we recorded the talk with Mike. Yeah. And uh, Mike made a... a a copy of it on the flash drive that he was going to hand to Sebastian when he got the autograph. Cause to tell him that, you know, I'm part of decibel geek, you yeah. know, they'd like to talk to you cause he was going to try to help us. And he brought his vinyl of slave to the grind that Michael had already signed on the right. back. So he hands Sebastian the vinyl and he sees the friends like, Oh, thanks for coming to the show, man. You know, you know, how Sebastian is right. And he flips it over and he's getting ready to sign it. And he sees the signature. He goes, Whoa, who signed this? And and Mike goes, well, Michael Wagner signed it, the producer. That's cool. And uh, he goes, uh, really? That's cool. And uh, he goes, yeah. He's like, um, I help out with this podcast down in Nashville, and, and we saw you play on Friday, not that Friday night. <clears throat> and Sebastian goes, Michael was at my show that Friday night? And Mike goes, no, 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 no. He wasn't at the show, but we went out to his studio that Sunday, and recorded this thing called albums unleashed about slave to the grind with with him yeah and he goes you were invited yeah and he man. goes well i'll get to that <coughs> sebastian goes oh really and he goes yeah you know it, it's an episode that came out they talked about the whole album and uh did you hear that interview and uh he and then sebastian goes do you do you talk to michael still and michael's like no it was kind of like a one-time thing you know i just felt lucky to be there and Sebastian goes, oh, well, if you do, tell him that I'll never fucking work with the guy again. Ah. And then my, and then Mike is sitting there kind of awkward going I like, bet. what are you talking about? And Sebastian's like, you know, well, that guy tried to, you know, talk about me being the reason the band broke up and why I won't get back in the band and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'll never work with him. But that's it. not really that's the way it That's totally went. not yeah. what Michael was saying. It almost sounds like somebody else listened to it and then told Pulling. Sebastian about it, but didn't get it yeah because right. he was like i didn't like that interview and then uh it was really he was real cold to mike after that he like he, uh, signed, he signed the album he's like well have a good time thanks for coming man that sucks yeah so uh, we learned real quickly that sebastian is not a fan of decibel geek but he's awesome in concert oh he was great live and he was nice to i when i met him he was cool as hell you know he's usually cool to the fans todd zilla's got some cool stories go check that one out but he's uh Let's just say he's interesting. Yeah, but it's um, a damn shame that we it, couldn't. It is a shame because I think it would have been a really fun talk. It would have been probably the greatest thing we ever did. Because if there's one thing Sebastian is good at, aside from singing, it's talking. Right, and him, <laughs> so, it, like he's sweet. We had this all laid out. Those two in the room together. All we have to do yeah. is be like, ah, so tell us about Slave to the Grind right. and go. You know, I'm, and just chill. And I'm hoping now that we're talking to all of our friends listening to this. I'm trying to set it up to do one on the first Skid Row album with Michael and Rachel Bolin. That'd be fantastic. Getting schedules worked out, but both parties have agreed to do it. That's amazing. So look forward to that within the next five years. Yeah, within the next five years. (laughs) Keep your expectations low. (laughs) What do they say? Under promise, over deliver. That's right. That's us. So let's say uh, we get into, let's see, March of 2015, we did a two-part Albums Unleashed on Carnival of Souls by Kiss with Toby Wright. That was great. So much insight into that album, which is an album, you know, which is decisive, but I love it. 
Yes. That's the first albums Unleashed on Kiss we've done. Yep. Won't be the last. No, it definitely won't be. But yeah, Toby uh, had a lot to say, and it sounded like this. Somewhere during that period of time is when the negotiations took place. Cause you, yeah, the phone cause, call happened. So where were you guys? In the, you guys were done with all the tracking when the phone Oh, we were about done with the record. And, and some, who was it that called Gene? I don't know. Whoever was putting on the tour? Somebody called him and offered $100 million to put back on the makeup. Yeah. with all original members and he did it obviously yeah um and that announcement in that room mm-hmm. holy shit all four of them were in the room yeah yeah gene called me and you were in there mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure my face went from to right are you fucking kidding me so you, no one anticipated this oh no no that was a fucking left turn clyde boom Right. You know, one of those. <laughs> and <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Gene and Paul's demeanor during this meeting? I think mm, Paul didn't really look around much. Because I remember trying to look at him and, like, trying to gauge where this was coming from. Yeah. And he was doing one of those the whole time. Right. Gene took the whole. He was. He was, you know, he was Paul Revere. He was the messenger that should have gotten shot. <laughs> love that guy. Yeah, Toby Wright, so cool. He's been on the show technically four times, and we loved it every single time. Absolutely. And then on uh, April of 2015, so we really pretty much a year ago this week, we talked to Mark Slaughter. Yeah, that was very interesting, too. What a, what a strange night. Long time in the making. Yeah, long time, because I remember talking about that, and it was like, well, we can get him on the phone, and it was somewhere along the line that it didn't take long to realize our interviews are way way better in person well it's just more organic and it comes off better skype i mean is as great of a resource as it is is you can't get you can't look at somebody in the eye you can't get that conversation going with them you sometimes talk over the top of people because you can't you can't see where where your turn is to speak or where there's a space so we was like we get mark you know on phone it's like you know what man we all are here in nashville and i remember this being kind of a little bit of a crisis it was like should we should we just do it by phone it's like no no at this point we've been around long enough We've got a reputation we've built as being kick-ass. Well, it just seems silly that we're in the same town. Let's hold off. Yeah. Someday it'll happen in person. And it did. And it'll be better in person. And we I had a great time. I didn't time. know it was going to happen in the corner booth of an old Charlie's restaurant. No, but it was cool and it sounded a little bit like this. Vinny's, Vinny, it was Vinny Vince's record. Deal. Right. And, you know, censors kiss people who listen to this. Yeah. We'll give the exact course of events of how this happens because people ask and they, they're right. still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I want to put some stuff to rest on. Okay, yeah. here's right. how we're going to do it. Vin, I had to sign a leaving member agreement with Chrysalis as well as Dana did and as well as Bobby did due to the fact that Steve Stevens left Billy Idol mm-hmm. and Jeff Aldrich who is the A&R guy for Chrysalis said, we cannot afford to lose our talent if these people leave, we need to have them sign an agreement that they will record four songs and we will have the option to pick up their option under the premise of the record la- of the record agreement that was done between the artists that they're signed under. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I think right. so. so in other words, so Vinnie Vincent's record deal 
when we were done doing in 88 when I never when I walked off the stage and never saw him again yeah. we had to record four songs for the label okay. which we did in 1988 going into 89 on New Year's Eve we were okay. in the studio Tim lost Dana and I okay. and that was Fly the Angels is one of those songs right. desperately a couple others so anyway we do the songs we give it to Bud Carr was our possible manager at the time we managed Kansas mm-hmm and we take it to the record label and they go, well, we're definitely doing, we're picking up Mark's option. Okay. So then they basically, by picking up my option, they had already dropped Vinny. Right. Because they had disagreements and he didn't like them, they didn't like him, and that was done. They gave me his record deal. Okay. Definitely plan to have Mark back on the show. Yeah, and so grateful that he came on with us the first time and very cool guy. And every time we see him now, he treats us like a friend. Another great one that um, I wasn't even involved in was you talking to uh, Ryan and John from Hair of the Dog. Right, because what a cool story that was because what I just played Hair of the Dog one time Mm -hmm. and was telling about how these guys at one time in central Wisconsin were the biggest band in the world, you know, to us and played it and people dug it and said, we want to know more about Hair of the Dog. And I said, well, yeah, shit, me too. You know, if anybody knows what's up with these guys nowadays, Please let us know. Little did I know that it was Chris Sinzak that was going to figure out the mystery. It was crazy. I, I, he plays a song and he puts out a call asking if, you know, give me more information on Hair of the Dog. Let me know what the members are up to because I want to know because there's not much yeah. on the internet. And then I go to Tom Kiefer's show at Third and Lindsley here in Nashville, and my friend David Stonich is there, and who's a fan of the show. I'm sure he's listening to this. Hey, Dave. Living, hey, in, living in Florida now, Onich. And uh, I see him there, and uh, he's like, well, let me introduce you to some people. And he introduces me to Jeremy Asbrock, who you'll meet, yeah. who you'll talk to again next week. And uh, Jeremy's there, and that's the first time meeting him. And, and that was the first time I've had somebody in public say, oh, I've heard your show. You're the one that talked to Lydia Chris on your show. That was awesome. Nice. And I was like, holy shit, he knows who I am. Wow, that's and, cool. Uh, I love it. And then he uh, and then he taps this guy on the sitting at the bar next to him, and he's like, hey, you need to talk to this guy. He interviewed Lydia Chris. I told you how cool it was. And he goes, this is my friend Ryan. And I shake his hand, and I'm like, Ryan. And he's like, yeah, Ryan Cook. I'm like, Ryan Cook from Hair of the Dog? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to fucking believe this. <laughs> I was like, my co-host is a massive fan of yours and was honestly played your Kiss medley thing last week, and he was just putting out a call asking about more information about the members. And he's like, well, here I am. Yeah. And I was like, will you come on the show? He's like, of course I will. Sure. And then it was like, you come to me and say, hey, guess. I couldn't wait to tell you. Get this, you know. (laughs) Ryan Cook from Hair of the Dog lives here in Nashville. Would love to come on the show, and it's like no freaking way. And it took us about two seconds of talking, going, "I remember you." I, yeah, of course, I remember yeah. you too. You know, and it was it was it friendship was, rekindled it, again. It yeah, and we've been friends ever since. And yeah. just it's just it was that was like I said, I, I do believe in fate, and that was another case of of that coming. And for out. me to be able to sit down and talk to Ryan and and Mike again about hair of the dog which everybody really enjoyed and i know through our amazon link we helped move a whole lot of hair of the dog cds even if it was the irish folk band even if it was the irish folk band <laughs> on accident 
But it was all because of this awesome conversation. That's got to be a trip, you know, getting out there and wondering how it's going to go. Dude, it was dreams come true for sure. I mean, and granted, you know what? I always think there's there's higher levels we could have taken it. We didn't reach the headline arena status. But in some ways, someone once said to me, they're like, dude, you know, it's not standing on top of the mountains the best part. It's when you're almost there. That's like when you feel it. There's that anticipation. Everyone's sensing. That's a special moment. And in some ways, we suspended that moment for like four years. Yeah, we really did. We were so close. And we were there, and it was like, okay, are we going to break? Are we going to break? And so... Yeah, you got to admit, it's like, if it, it is true. It's like, man, we never got to do the forum, you know, by you know, or do the, you know, or pine knob or like that as hair of the dog. But he's right. Like, there was a four-year period to where we stretched it out because it literally was, like, at the point, like, it was going to tip any second. And we were playing places that were big enough to where people would come see us and go... It's going to tip, and like, you felt the energy. Three. You were there. That's yeah. the thing about hair of the dog. I felt like it was such a... You know, it all became one. When Ryan was saying, we're your hair of the dog, it was everybody in that room yeah. was. And it was, yeah. that right. was something so special yeah, about people it. People loved to connect with that man. It was just such a trip because, and we would literally walk up and go, God, I can't wait when this thing finally does tip. You know, and the yeah. thing was, this stuff happens. And it, But it, if it would have sucked, we wouldn't have kept doing it. And there was four or five years of it was just that level of so good that you're like so excited and love doing it. And it was above the point of where you were going... I can't do this anymore because it's a drag. It never was. No. That was a fun thing to listen to. It was really special for me too, man. I really, got to actually really listen special. as a as a listener and not have to deal with being the host, you know. Yeah. See, that was that was one of my first forays into editing. Well, uh, except for the time I had Gene Simmons on the show. That's true too. <clears throat> I had Gene yes, Simmons on the you show. Did. Best of the solo episodes, Aaron Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding you had robert fleischman that's true i do want to acknowledge june of 2015 we did an album on, albums unleashed on toro toro wild yeah, america with anthony, anthony quarter that was that great was, buy that album if you don't own it you'll be happy you did yes do um, it do yourself a favor and then we go into Christmas in july of 2015 but the end of june was close to a Christmas in july episode oh yeah so we got an early jump Man, that was, I think that was the year. That if, was the best If one. we're going to talk success, this was the, by far, the most successful person we've ever had on the show. Yeah. And that was Desmond Child. And he liked us and he was nice he to was us. He was so cool. And uh, he came on and, and told us his whole story and I kept trying to steer it back to Kiss and he kept going to Aerosmith <laughs> and Bon Jovi. But that's okay because even those the, stories were entertaining. That's the funniest part about that whole interview and as great as it is that we got to talk to him. And again, this was another great example, I think, of, oh boy, here's another interview. <coughs> well, you guys just stand over there for a minute and just wait. And I'll that's how he was at first. And then, but once the interview started, he was like, I could totally see it. I'm like, whoa, this isn't like a normal interview. Yeah, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really cool to see how that whole vibe it changed on that. It wasn't another schmuck asking him how he wrote Livin' La Vida Loca for Ricky Martin. Right, Thank exactly. God. It was a lot of yeah. fun. We took a lot of pictures of gold and platinum albums oh, yeah. all over the walls. We, we hung out at his studio. It was amazing. It was amazing. Because we didn't even know the studio was there. Here's this building that we drive been past the whole time. all the time. We had no idea he nope. was even in there. It used to be a bank. Super cool yeah, guy, man. That was and a good time. That was a total highlight of doing this and show. Totally funny the way we keep trying to steer the conversation back to Kiss. <laughs> totally. Here's a little bit from that. So, Shot Through the Heart was the name of that song. So, he, we started the song with Shot Through the Heart. 
and you're to blame, you give love a bad name. And history was made. And so I was playing this kind of, um, see, see a little bit of history. There was a similar song that I had written by myself for Bonnie Tyler called If You Were a Woman and I Was a Man. That's the Jim Steinman had produced and was a hit in France. But it wasn't a hit here. And I knew that that melody was, was a hit. And you got to play them back to back. Okay. And so, you know, shot through the heart, and you're to blame, darling, you give love a bad name. You play my part, right? It's yeah, like, it's the same. Totally. So I was like, okay, I solely wrote the song, so I'm not ripping anybody off. <laughs> so I, I don't think they knew about the song. Sure. You know, yeah. I just, you said, well, what do you think about this? Like, it was just like right off the top of my head, yeah. you know. <laughs> and it's, hey, that's that Bonnie Tyler song. <laughs> no, they, they, didn't know, they didn't know from Bonnie Tyler. They knew from like ACDC yeah, and stuff. Right. They didn't know from Bonnie Tyler. And so. And then we were on a roll during that month because the next week we had. Thank you, Desmond. Yeah, definitely. The next week we had Big John Hart, who was Kiss's mm. security lead for many years. That dude was cool. Hey, before we get too far, we had Kissmas in July. And somebody we forgot about, and we can't forget about Musa Kinto. Of course not. You know, yeah. we can't skip over him. That was that was something special too because he really gave us a lot of insight into Kiss, and he gave me the tour of Hollywood. Yeah, the tour of Hollywood that everybody should get. Absolutely. Casablanca used to be right over there. I seen Jimmy Page puking in the bushes over there. <laughs> oh man. The greatest. Thank you again, Moose, for Moose coming is great. on. Love, Love that Moose. guy. And John Hart came on, had a lot of great stories to tell. He was super cool, man. And uh, it was like we were the first people to ever interview him too, either. Yeah, because you were like you came. To, I remember you coming, and I was like, like Big John Hart, the guy that takes people's cameras yep. away, you like saw the him classic. In so many yeah. pictures. And I was like, no fucking way. Yep. How'd you find this guy? It you was know, his and, son. And it was his son that put it together. And Brian, man. Yep. Nobody. I, that's what I said. Has anybody ever interviewed this guy before? I don't think so. I don't think so. And what a great interview! And he was a great was. guy. And I've connected him with some older fans that he used to know yeah. through that interview. They they oh, contacted right. me, and I've passed on their his contact info. Of course, after checking yeah. with him, but yeah. yeah, to make sure it's somebody he wants to talk to. But yeah, he's he's living happily in Florida and doing great. Decibel Geek Podcast, connecting rock and roll right. lives. <laughs> That's our, great, man. He our, was awesome. Our friend Denny Smith came on the next week. Denny was fantastic, man, telling stories about the Kiss Warehouse. Yep. And then uh, a huge one for us, which was one that I'll, a lot of people probably at first blush were like, ah, oh, this isn't a big deal, but wound up being probably some of the best stories we ever got was Pixie Esmond. Yes. And so much personality and so much fun to talk to. She was great. I'd be afraid to have her back on for a six songs <laughs> <laughs> I love some of the stuff that she provided on, on on that episode, and here's a little taste Hello. of that. I found some little fishing weights. Fishing weights? That, you know that you put on your fishing line, yeah. they're a little brown ball? Yeah. Sinkers. They can be 5 pounds, they can be 10 pounds. So I got an assortment pack, and I glued them onto his boots. <laughs> you are evil. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> I was uh, mad. 
chubby, white Irish girl with mayonnaise melting in her veins who was exhausted. <laughs> and so I glued him to his boots. Wow. Do the sh- I say nothing. Nobody. But zip. that night he comes off. He's like, God, I'm tired. What is with these boots? I said, huh. I said, you know what? It's probably the sweat because they're still damp from last night. They feel heavier. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. See what you can do. Uh-huh. Next night, wears them. God, they're so heavy. I said, Gene, are, are, you, uh, are you gaining weight? Are you oh, moving no. slower? <laughs> Fuck you! Blah, blah, blah. So after about three weeks, I took them off one at a time. Because you have to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I had been really mad, and I'm saying this is a hypothetical... <laughs> I might have taken somebody's jumpsuit in about a quarter of an inch at a time. Yeah, so little by little. Somebody might have thought that they were gaining weight. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Me too. You just want to, I wish we could have interviewed her in person. That's sometimes where, like, even though Skype is tough, some people you talk to find a way to make it work and the chemistry and the timing and everything was right on the money with her she was so much fun we love pixie we absolutely do and then uh we got to talk about billy hardaway he came on for the iron maiden discussion yeah a lot of people like that some people people not so much yeah. But, you know, Billy Hardaway has been a friend of ours for a long, a long, long time. time around here. And, you know, if we're going to talk about Billy Hardaway, one thing I'd really <laughs> like to say about Billy is that of all the people I've met through my adventures on this this long road, you know, even before this podcast, I've never met anyone more kind and understanding and just such a sweetheart, such a darling, such a buttercup. Such a ray of sunshine that is Billy Hardaway. In no way is this man a dick. Not at all. Or anything else. He's just pure heavenliness. Total positivity. Yes. And you know what? He's someone we can all aspire to be like. That's true. If I'm in a bad mood, I think, well, I... What would Billy I should, do? I, what would Billy do? And he, he'd do totally the, the happier, nicer thing. He sure wouldn't bitch and complain. Not he'd, at all. He'd hike it up and make somebody smile. That's what, that's what Billy would do. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. For being the ray of light that you are. That's true. Amazing. Another Billy we talked to was in episode 213 in November of last year, and that was Billy Sheehan. Yes. That was another one. That was so much fun because it was like we're waiting in this big old room. Yep. You know, backstage. we just got the little zoom up there. We're backstage, and we see him down there, and he's jamming out, doing the sound check and stuff. And we're up there, and it's one of the things where it's like, it was almost like a grand entrance because it was across the room. And when Billy Sheehan walks in, you know that's who you know that who is. It is, no doubt about the it. Legend. And you you get the, the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you get the thrill of this is the guy that laid down the thumping bass on Yankee Rose yes. and Shy Boy and yep. Ladies Night in Buffalo and fuck yeah, yeah. Billy Sheehan. Yep. How cool and was, was that? completely down to earth. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Routine that he would do. Well, we saw in, when Van Halen was playing with, with Talos opening up, yeah. we stayed for every show and watched every single show. It was just, and we'd laugh at the jokes every night. Right. Even though we heard the same joke the night before, yeah, it was still funny to us. Right. And uh, they had the fog on the stage for everybody who wants some, the dry ice fog. And a crew guy would crawl under the fog and lay a joint down at a little X spot on the stage. 
So it'll be in the middle of the song and the fog would clear and Dave would stop the band. Hey, hey, because people are always throwing shit up on stage, just panties and <laughs> prescription bottles and all, God, God knows what. I heard recently, uh, was it a, uh, oh, I, I, I can't remember, some, some uh, kind of uh, Marilyn Manson show. We had a lighting man in another band I was touring with uh, that was, they did the Marilyn uh, Manson tour. Somebody threw a rattlesnake in a jar. Oh my God! On the stage. Oh wow! <laughs> what? So, but it, it wasn't that crazy that back then. But people would, you know, it was common to throw a joint up sure, on stage. Sure. Or something like that. So Dave was like, "Hey, stop the show! Look down. There was the joint placed there by the crew." And David, "What the heck is this?" I hold it up. Of course, it looks like somebody from the audience was throwing it. Right. Up. And then he guy come out with a lighter. He'd take a puff and go, oh, you know, something like. Indiana, you people party better. Probably going nuts. But it was shtick. Yeah. But it was genius. Oh, yeah, it's totally it genius. genius. And the last one I want to touch on, because, you know, we're getting up close to today. Um, the last big interview we had was uh, Perry Richardson from Firehouse. Yeah. And what a thrill that was, man. And to meet him at a local show, find out again, here's another guy that finds himself in Nashville nowadays. The in-person inter- interview is always so much better. And here he was, right on the couch with us. Yep. Couldn't have been nicer and um, had some great stories. I mean, the media really kind of went ran with a lot of his stuff. Yeah. You know, And I can stuff. say, today, I'm a Firehouse fan. Yeah? I may not have been before I met Perry Richardson, but sometimes, like with White Lion, I meet somebody and they're so damn cool. It's like... Well, any band this guy was in must have been good. It's right. got to be worthy. So I make myself listen to some Firehouse, and I find that I actually like it quite a bit. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Thanks to Perry. I saw him the other night, and he was super cool, and I'm going to see him again. And we're both going to see him again in a couple of nights. He's yeah. playing at the Rare Hair Show. Yeah, that's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, super nice guy. But, you know, it, and that one got a lot of attention, and... Guys, we have a, a ton of stuff in store for this year. We have a lot of stuff planned. We have big dreams and big hopes for the show. Yeah. And uh, we plan on being around for another 100,000 years. Well, science is going to have to advance quite a bit, but we'll, we'll, we'll work figure on it out. It. Yeah. But yeah, everybody, everybody that's been with us since the very beginning, anybody that just started tuning in last week, it doesn't matter. We love everybody. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what it's always been about, was, you know, the kind of rock and roll podcast that I'd want to hear, the kind that Chris would want to hear. We do our best every single week, every single year to make this podcast as good as it can be. We want to get the right guests. We want to have the right subjects. It's always hit and miss, you know, but that's the beauty of it. Anybody that has listened from the very beginning or has just discovered us and has recently listened from the beginning can pretty easily see the evolution of this show and it's a constant steady upward slope you know and here we are five years later and i can say myself i'm very very proud of what we've accomplished here with decibel geek you know yeah it's been a lot of fun but it's been a lot of work too Mm -hmm. and i mean shit in five years we never missed a week right yeah that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you know we got this sweet studio set up somebody's buying a t-shirt right now at decibelgeek.com somebody's going through the link right now at decibelgeek.com to amazon we got this sweet awesome artwork behind us that we just got who Mm -hmm. sent this to us 
No, nobody's. I, well, we sent it to ourselves, but yeah. Well, congratulations to us because it's beautiful. It's a uh, it's a cool three panel uh, kind of mural thing of all the artwork that Patrick Johnson also did. That's awesome. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Patrick put this thing together. Yes. It's, it's gorgeous. Amazing graphic work by him. We're gonna take some pictures of that and put it on the Facebook page. We will. If you haven't liked the Facebook page, good God, what are you waiting for? Put the big old thumbs up on that and get in on the conversation. Go to decibelgeek.com. We talked about our writers. We've got the best writers in the whole freaking world. Why? Because they're writing about the rock and roll music that you and I love, and they're doing it with heart. The same way we do this podcast, because we love and believe in this kind of music. We have sold a lot of CDs through our Amazon link. That makes us super proud because that means we're doing our part to keep this kind of music alive and you're helping us do it. So, hey, you've been with us for five years or if you've been with us for five minutes, we're going to take this bad boy to the future. we got a lot of rocking to do. And this is and will continue to be your Decibel Geek Podcast. See ya. Show me